Let's pull the trigger on this bitch. Come on now, Phil. Push a button. I'm doing it. Do it. If you didn't know it until now, <laughs> you are the Common Sense Nation. And this is Radio Free Almond. Good morning, you bunch of drunks. Systems go. Perfect. Cleared for takeoff. And go. We're off. Good morning this morning. Happy Monday. Hope everybody had a great Father's Day. Worked out early just to drink some beer. That's all I wanted to do. That's all I wanted to do is drink some cold beer by the pool. You know? So that whole thing happened. Democrats and Republicans, some of them, Bill, Brian Killer, yes, sir, are pretending to care about kids again. They always pull this we care about kids thing again. Abortion loving, abortion funding, Republicans and Democrats all of a sudden care about kids. How does that happen? I think they're uh, upset that the legislation that's been doing this to the children and parents and mothers, you know, their their laws that they put in place. But, but is it, is it, is, are they really doing this to those people, or are these people doing it to themselves? Like, if you're a parent, what parent of any decency commits a crime while they have kids in their hands? I mean, you go into a convenience store holding a baby, and you rob it, your baby's going to go someplace else once you're... Captured. That's kind of how it goes. How is that any different with illegal immigration? And then you've got the individuals who are on the Republican side and Democrat side who, hey, by the way, I I figured this was going to happen. The Pope comes out and says unequivocally that abortion is the white glove equivalent of the Nazi era eugenics program and urged families to accept the children that God gave them. And there's not a peep from any of the 
Democrats are. I, I don't even think there was one Democrat who retweeted the Pope's words. Oh, that's interesting. Because when the Pope was, somebody put something in his words in his mouth to the degree that he supported gay marriage or gays or I don't know, can't remember what it was it was he purportedly said. Oh, they were all over it. Uh, the Pope's this, the Pope's that. You guys will, you guys bring up the Pope every time, chance you get, you quote the Pope. Not this time, though, huh? Didn't quote the Pope this time, did you now? Didn't quote the Pope, did you? I thought you loved this Pope. Don't they love the Pope? They loved that Pope much. Liberals love this Pope. This is the best Pope ever. Unless he speaks against abortion. It's like, oh, well, that was, must have just been an aberration. They don't even pay attention to it. They don't even, you know. So, again... This policy, this immigration policy that is being, well, they're enforcing the laws we have. Now, here's the deal. Some of these Republicans out there, I'm picking on them because they're the ones who are the most annoying about the, like, the Paul Ryans of the world and the Lindsey Graham. Susan and Collins. The, Susan Collins. Mm-hmm. Her. Oh, yeah. Who sounds a little bit like Nancy Pelosi when I imitate mm-hmm. her, I guess. Mm-hmm. She, they're they're all they all ran on cracking down on immigration. They they all ran on this this program. They all they all raised funds on it, talked about it, and it's a zero tolerance policy. Uh, Barack Obama was deporting people left and right. The guy was addicted to deport deportation, and good for him. So one good thing Obama did was he enforced our immigration laws to that degree, at least, where he was deporting people. He deported more people than anybody before him. In fact, you know what, folks? When you get right down to it, Republicans have actually been notoriously horrible when it comes to enforcing our immigration laws. All you have to do is go ahead and Google, for instance, Clinton employment, illegal immigration enforcement, and Bush employment, illegal immigration enforcement, and you'll find that Clinton did far better in cracking down on businesses that are hiring illegal immigrants, which was kind of primarily one of the draws for illegal immigration. So I don't know. But so these people all ran on this, and now suddenly we're enforcing the laws, and it's, you know, we're having all these, this one, I don't know, have you ever heard this guy? um, I know Franklin Graham's all up in it on this one, but Yep. Have you heard about this dude named uh, Schaefer? A- and he is an evangelical, but I guess he's kind of one of these guys who, uh, Frank Schaefer. But he's an anti-evangelical Christian activist. Do you guys okay with that? He's an anti-evangelical Christian activist, which basically means... He purports to be this Christian, but hates evangelicals. Yeah. It's kind of like that thing. Mm-hmm. It's pretty funny, actually. But he he goes off the deep end over this whole thing. But Steve Bannon was on ABC, and and like, hey man, uh, what what what's what's going on here? This is this is terrible. Republicans don't like it. Paul Ryan doesn't like it, Steve, and certainly Democrats don't like it. So what are you going to do? I mean, Speaking you know, the House, Paul Ryan. How do you justify this policy? It's, it's zero tolerance. I don't think you have to justify it. We have a crisis on the southern border. Look, the elites in the city, and this, this ties into Korea, ties into everything that took place this week. The elites, the permanent political class in the city, want to manage uh, situations to, un, you know, un, un, to bad outcomes. 
And Donald Trump is not going to do that. He's just not going to kick the can down the road, whether that's China, whether it's tariffs, whether it's Korea, whether it's the southern border. We ran on a policy, very simply, stop mass illegal immigration and limit legal immigration, get our sovereignty back, and to help our workers, okay? And so he went to a zero-tolerance policy. Zero tolerance, it's a crime to come across illegally, and children get separated. I mean, I hate to say it, that's, that's the law, and he's enforcing the law. What more do you want? What more do you need? Why should you have to justify something that you said you were going to do when you were running? You instituted the zero tolerance policy. You were elected president of the United States. So why is everybody so friggin' surprised that, he, that, that, that suddenly it's another example, and Bannon kind of hit on it, where the president is once again delivering on a promise he made when he ran. I don't know what is so confounding confounding to people that he suddenly, I mean, it's kind of like when he moved the, the, uh, the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. It's like, you know, every Democrat Republican was like, I'm sorry, you know, Mr. President, normally we just lie to the Jews about this. I hope you know that. But we don't really do it. We just, we just get the New York Jews on our side by, by talking about it, but we never actually do it. Mm-hmm. And that's how, that's how you do it, you know? Yeah, you ended that. Yeah. yeah. They ended that. Yeah. yeah. I, and, he, and he moved it. And then I put like, well, wait a minute. He can't do it. It's like, well, he just, he, he was elected. He was elected president of the United States. He's going to do this. And by the way, when are we going to actually, again, assign some culpability to the parents? Once again, I, I use the whole analogy. You, you walk into a liquor store with a baby in your hand. You rob a liquor store. What do you think is going to happen? You're committing a crime with a baby. That's a perfect analogy. Yes. That's perfect. You're committing a crime with a baby. Mm-hmm. What, do, what do you think is going to happen to the baby once you're arrested for committing a crime? I, and, and I don't understand why you think that being an illegal immigrant, and not you per se, but you know what I'm saying, why you think crossing a border illegally is any different than holding up a liquor store. Yes, but they're coming here for good reasons. What are their reasons? Have we asked them? Or we just let them in and then write them a check and feed them? I mean... Why isn't the media... This is probably naive, but why isn't the media in Mexico, you know, just sending out the information to the women who are heading to the border that, hey, come in with a kid. Because it's too dangerous. They'll be, they'll, their, their heads will be up on a stick on a bridge someplace yeah. in Juarez. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they don't go to Mexico. Would you go to Mexico? I just mean, no, no. I mean, why isn't the Mexican media putting on their televisions? Oh. Hey, if you're going, you're heading for yeah. the border and you're bringing your kid, yeah. here's the deal. Jorge you know. Ramos will get right yeah. on that, <laughs> Phil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just seems like, um, and they're also painting the picture that we're not talking about, we're talking about tearing a kid away. The, the, the whole point is the law is the law. Everybody knows this, but they're getting this opportunity to paint a picture of some child being ripped off, ripped out of someone's arms. And we're not even talking about the process beyond that, which is, you know, you get your kid back. It's not forever. We probably give your kid back and then send you back to Mexico with your child. Whatever's going on in Mexico that's so bad that you want to come here, is it, is it not as bad as having the child separated from you when you get to the border expectedly because it's going to happen and i'm sure they know amongst themselves that that's going to happen they they must talk you know so i don't understand if they're leaving mexico from something so bad when you get here and you're separated i guess temporarily i don't know what the, nobody's talked about that people have done walkthroughs now and of all the places the facilities the journals are doing all that stuff <clears throat> i'm not sure what the slant on it is but what's so bad in mexico that when you get here 
this is worse that you're willing to leave your home and come here. It just doesn't make sense. You should yeah. expect that. You know, you're committing a crime, and and you're committing a crime with kids, and it's your fault when things happen that are not a good outcome for you. Absolutely. You're committing a crime with your kids. You're the one who's the horrible person, not President Trump. If you're a mom or dad committing a crime like like illegal immigration with kids in your hands, you're horrible. You're a horrible parent. I, I don't understand why why I don't understand why this is a, a problem. Not, that why why this is something that they can't grasp. That's on you. Now, unless you want to just change our immigration laws and decide that as long as you have kids, everything's hunky dory. Wait till that. Wait till that message gets across the border. Yeah. In fact, it'll probably get across the border faster because Jorge Ramos, the blue-eyed Mexican, will make sure it does. Because they want the brown-eyed Mexicans to get to leave, so the blue-eyed Mexican elites can can have everything going for them and not get held up in a. Uh, on a street corner, they just they just simply push everybody across the border. When when are we ever going to actually learn that Mexico has a policy of attempting to unload its worst trash onto the U.S.? Yeah. They, that's how they, they they love that kind of thing. And again, the kids are victims of their parents; they're not victims of Donald Trump. That's just it's it's that simple. This Frank Schaefer guy, though, he goes crazy. I love this. There's a screenshot. <laughs> well, Joy Reid, what is that? What, by the way, what happened to Joy Reid? I know she lost a lot of popularity points with her fan base. I'm not sure if she's recovered yet. Well, she, but she did like a makeover. Like she looks different than oh, I didn't know she, that. She, she looks. I don't know what that is. I don't know whether she lost weight or she has a new hairdo or something. I was trying to figure that out. But yeah, nothing really happened to her, did it? Like when she, I mean, she maybe maybe lost some audience, but not that many. No, not not by comparison to other people who have had similar situations. And um, the more they dug into the, her bold blog posts, the worse it got. Yeah, I mean, she's she she's she's not she's no good on that. Well, topic. the worse it got, I think, for uh, conservative because she was talking about how nine eleven was an inside job and all that stuff. But 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 blacks, as long as you're attacking gay people, they don't care, right? That's what basically she was doing. Yeah, I, I mean, but, but but apparently it's if you're black and you go off on gays, that's all cool in the black community mm-hmm. as long as they're they're gays you're going off of. Right. But heaven forbid you go off on blacks and you're white or whatever. But gays right. seem to be kind of fertile ground for the, for 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 black celebrities like Joy Reid mm-hmm. and Barack Obama who didn't like gay marriage, and then and then also for. Uh, Samuel Jackson over the weekend. Did you see that? Didn't see that. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, Samuel Jackson, he, he was happy Father's Day and had, um, had this image, painted this image of all the guys meeting at the White House and basically uh, committing acts of oral sex on each other. And I'll, I'll show you what it was. Oh, oh yeah, man. It was. It was um, okay, Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson. But 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 this is this is. I hashtagged it. Black privilege strikes again, mm-hmm. because Samuel Jackson put out a tweet. I don't know why. I don't know why. He, what is he doing? What 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 purpose possibly could he have thought this was this was a good idea? So Samuel Jackson. Of course, again, nobody pays attention to it because it's the vaunted. 
black celebrity Samuel Jackson, who you must not ever cross, apparently. And he's he's the he's the what's in your wallet guy. Oh yep. So anyway, Samuel Jackson uh, went on Twitter, posted a tweet to President Trump's birthday, basically, and he said, "Must have been a party at the White House." Mitch, Paul, Rudy, and others were spotted wearing knee pads and carrying these mm. lined up outside. Happy birthday. And when he said carry knees, he's um, uh, included an image called after dick mints. Oh, that was that was the uh, that was the tagline mm. and going down and all that kind of stuff. And and that's, again, a homophobic black celebrity mm. who basically gets away with it because I guess it's expected and OK as long as gays are your target. You're you're good. Right. That's that's an awful tweet. Yes, it is, Phil. Oh man, <laughs> but but it's coming from Samuel Jackson, who, you know, you, you got to be careful. This this menacing, hardcore, you yeah. know. Oh yeah, he's for real. <clears throat> the only the only other guy that will get away, well, there's another guy who will get away with it too, and I think that's um, who's that guy who from the Shawshank Redemption? What's his, what's his name? I get these two mixed up all the time. Yeah, I'm trying to remember his name too because I can see him. That guy. Mm-hmm. Like I can't remember his name. Uh, he's like that that guy. I can't remember who that is. But he can go off on gays too. Somebody's gonna pop in here and tell me. He's gonna. Can you pop? Why do I not know? We need sign name? language. We, we need somebody to tell me who it is. But no. But that's that's somebody on Facebook will tell us. You on Facebook at all? Comments? No, sir. You pop on there just to see because we always rely on those people on Facebook. Our people on Facebook to to fill in the blanks where. Uh, the drugs dropped off. <laughs> Morgan Freeman. Yeah, and Morgan. Uh, yeah, Morgan Freeman. Thank you, Alan. I told you Alan was going to come through. You did. All you people do that. Oh, technically, Susan got it first. So. Oh, Susan got it first. Oh, wait, okay. Mike got it first. Mike got it first. Well played, Mike. Thank you very much, Mike, for uh, it, it was that <laughs> one extra bong hut we took a long time ago. It was like 20 people saying Morgan Freeman right took now. Took that out. Morgan Freeman. Or Tim Robbins? Mark? Oh, no. no. Morgan Freeman. But, but, he's, but the, he's the guy. But these guys all get away with saying the worst kind of crap, whether it be about the daughters. And I'm not saying Morgan Freeman has said that, but uh, about the daughters, about Melania. About Ivanka, I mean the hatred out there. But but again, blacks have a special. Black celebrities seemingly have a special place in their heart for attacking gays for some reason. I don't know what it is, but that must be the thing. They get away with it. But nothing that. happened to Morgan Freeman over this whole thing. And again, it's all about. But anyway, so for this guy Frank Shaking mothers from babies. <laughs> he's <laughs> um, he's called a religious reform activist. I really don't know what that means. It's funny how these people they they come up with the t- the titles of yeah. for people and in this in the in this MSNBC describes him as an anti-evangelical Christian activist. Yeah. Which means basically he's a Christian that the left will listen to. But he's also talked about as a religious reform activist. And so essentially he's chiming in on the child uh on, on the on the child abuse that he calls it of separating families. I'm talking about families who've crossed the border and decided to 
commit a crime with kids in their hands and are now apparently whining because they're being treated like anybody else who would commit a crime with a kid in their hands, and that is they're being arrested and the kid is being taken someplace else. That's how it happens. Anyway, here's Frank Schaefer, yeah. Babies are now condoning a form of child abuse. And beyond that, as a Christian, I can just say I can't think of anything that would be more Jesus-hating. This isn't just Jesus disobeying. This is Jesus hating. Yeah, this is Je- Who's hating Jesus again? Uh, the, 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 the people who are committing a crime with a baby in their hand or the people who are trying to prevent a person from committing a crime with a baby in their hand? Who is more Jesus-like in terms of trying to be more humane? And I said this last week. I don't know whether you were on the air with me at the time. But it, oh, it was actually I was by myself uh, in, in waiting for Gia and Suzanne to come on at seven o'clock, and it was the it was the Nancy Pelosi faith lecture that she gave at the Hispanic prayer breakfast, where she broke one of the Ten Commandments the first seven seconds she started speaking, which was she basically lied about ripping kids from the arms of people coming across the border. And the fact of the matter is that has never happened. Kids have never been ripped from the arms of people coming across the border. But if you want to call it that for the benefit of your your statement, that's fine. But it's it's not true that it's actually physically happening. Uh, that you're being arrested because you're committing an act of illegality and you're doing so with kids. And so you're going to be separated. But again... I said that an immigration policy that tries to stop the influx of people who ultimately are going to come here and be wandering around as a subculture with the only tie to the U.S. would be maybe a paycheck is not humane. Creating an entire subset of minorities that are summarily abused, who are summarily not paid the way they should be paid when they work, who are here illegally so they can't call the police when something bad happens to them. Because when something bad happens to them and they call the police, the police know they're illegal and then they'll be deported. So you have an entire subset of individuals who just wander around they can't vote they have no stake in 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 the the future of this country they're not citizens so who is more inhumane the person stopping them from doing that or the person allowing them to do it who is more jesus like the person stopping a family from harming itself or a per- person stopping a family uh, allowing a family to harm itself, because that's what's happening here, and 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 this is this is not a, this is not some kind of uh, beautiful crazy exodus uh, to to the United States. These are people who are who are doing a bad thing for their children in committing a crime to come here, and the people who are allowing them to do it, and the Paul Ryan's of the world, who are more than happy to have their uh, Republican uh, lawn care experts more than happy to hire these people for nothing 
uh, or or whoever else is hiring these people and, and, and slip them into a sweatshop someplace mm-hmm. and pay them underneath uh, their value. Yep. How, is that, how is that possibly defensible morally? But they do it every day. People don't really realize that. I heard that there was uh, – you probably heard, I just heard on the way in, 12, 12 illegals were just jettisoned from a van going 100 miles per hour yeah. in, a, in a pursuit. So that's another – you know, demise you may meet when you come here illegally is, is well, you know, you, you get killed. I can't wait to see how that's reported because it's not going to be their fault, right? That the van overturned it was going the American miles an hour. that was driving. Yeah, yeah, you shouldn't have chased him. Mm-hmm. That's right. going to be that's the that's the, going to be that's the exactly thing. what's it's kind of like what they're doing down at the border. You shouldn't arrest them. And it's funny because they actually think pity the illegal immigrant who, uh, comes over here and doesn't have kids. Because now, apparently, if you have kids, it's all hunky-dory okay for you to come on and pop over across the border because no one wants to go against Jesus' teachings, whatever those happen to be. Everything the gospel stands for is contradicted, but there is hope. There are white Republican voters who identify as evangelicals coming forward. For instance, a new group, Vote commongood.com has recently formed to start a bus tour that is going to go coast to coast with evangelical, progressive, former evangelical, and other religious people on board appealing to that sliver of evangelical voters who look at this and are sickened as any American who loves this country would be. So there are going to be repercussions for the Republican Party that have gone along like pimps of evil with this president. Pimps of evil. I got to hand it to Frank Schaefer for that. That's a good one. I that's that's real good. I wish I had to use that one, come up with that one. Mm-hmm. Pimps of evil. <laughs> Hashtag. Hashtag pimps of evil. I'm on it. The pimps of evil really are the people who were allowing this evil to happen. And the evil that's happening is people with kids are committing crimes and no one wants to go near them or enforce the laws that we have. This is a zero-tolerance policy that the president ran on, and he was elected by evangelicals even regarding this. Evangelicals who actually believe rightly that it is not humane to treat other human beings like second-class citizens. It is not humane to encourage other human beings to live in the shadows underneath Law enforcement, underneath proper wages, underneath proper living conditions, everything else. I would maintain that encouraging people to become illegal, legal citizens, legal citizens, is more godlike, more Jesus-like, more gospel-like than just simply encouraging people to come over here with babies, by the way, and have no tethering whatsoever to our economy and to our country. That's awful. You're an awful person if you advocate for that. And yet somehow the people who are trying to stop it and not only secure our borders, but in, in, the, in the end, the other aspect of that is they're helping families who otherwise would be allowed to come here and just wander around. I, I, don't, I don't understand why people don't get that, that the people in the right here or the people who are enforcing the laws because enforcing the laws actually starts to help people. The fact that there are kids, the fact that there are even uh, centers 
where kids are being kept is, should tell us everything we need to know about how awful these Mexican people are when they come over here with their kids. I mean, it, it, it's, it's a terrible thing to do as a parent to commit a crime with a kid in your hand. It just is. And that's what's going on. So we got that going for us. This started, I don't know if you were paying attention to Twitter last week, but this, as far as I can tell, this all started when some HuffPo uh, reporter woman posted that picture of kids in cages. Yeah. And that was, she mistakenly wanted to try to imply that it was recent, current, yeah. but it was actually from when Obama was 2014. President. Exactly. So, yeah. And then all of a sudden, trending, 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 you know, you know mm-hmm. everything was trending about this issue. Yes. Today, yesterday, it still was. I was just like, bravo, Dems, bravo. It was happening during Obama's administration. I mean, the the zero tolerance element uh, really was more installed by the Trump administration. But it was this was happening during the Obama administration. But nobody cared about it. It's kind and and again, I go back to how I began uh, the the show, which was here are Democrats and some Republicans once again pretending they care about kids. That's that's the whole other side of the story, which is you've got an entire abortion industry supported by Democrats and Republicans who fund Planned Parenthood, and we're supposed to believe that they care about children? Now, I, I understand that it's easy for a lot of you to not have to care about children because you don't think they are children. So you don't you don't think that vacuuming a baby out of a womb is a horrible act because it's not a baby. It's just whatever configuration of cells that you've managed to trick yourself into believing it is or convince yourself into believing it is. Because I noticed that as, as, as much as they seem to be concerned uh, about what's happening at the border, the Pope comes out and says, you know, abortion is kind of like white glove uh, Nazi death camp stuff. And crickets. And they're like, no, don't think we're yeah. going to retweet that today, Mr. Right. Pope. Don't think we're going to talk about Mr. Pope today. Because normally the Pope says something like, you know, um, being gay is groovy. If he did say that, I don't know. And I don't care. Uh, it's none of my business anyway regarding gays. It's always been what I've maintained. I'm, I'm, not, in, I'm not in congruence with the Catholic Church on uh, gay marriage and on even gay adoption for that matter. But nonetheless, if, if, if he says that, if he said, like, being gay is groovy, Nancy Pelosi would be the first one out there to say, oh, the Pope says being gay is yeah. groovy. But, but and they, the, this is our favorite Pope, mm-hmm. you know? And then the Pope comes out and suddenly says, you know, killing babies is bad. It's like the Nazis did when they killed the Jews. They're like, um, what? We didn't hear you. What did you say, Mr. Pope? I can't. I can't hear you. You know, Facebook's wondering if you saw the Laura Bush opine of uh, Laura Bush. I guess published something, maybe in the New York Times or something. But just wondering if you saw it. I didn't read it, but I did hear about it today. <clears throat> that Laura Bush came out again, aligning with the Democrats on the issue of tearing the kids away from their. Sister. Yeah, well, everybody. Yeah. Every, that, that, this is the Bush. I mean, this is right. the Bush thing. It's their thing, right? It's, they, they're the reason we have the problem. Is this Laura Bush the wife or the daughter? The wife. Okay. I'm yeah. guessing. I don't Who knows? That's a good question. But that's, <laughs> th- th- these, are, these are boutique Republicans who actually are part of the reason why we have an immigration problem here. George Bush was a horrible mm-hmm. 
defender of our border. Horrible. Because all the Republican globalists, all these Republican crats, they loved having them some illegal aliens. Half the people who contributed to their campaigns were hiring them. George W. Bush was, was, was shamed by the Clinton administration in enforcing our, our laws when it came to employers. Uh, so the fact that Laura Bush, daughter or wife, is coming out about it, it's not a surprise to me. Where's, when's Jeb Bush going to chime in? Has he chimed in yet? Yes, he has, I bet, on Twitter. Mitt Romney, where's, where's the, uh, uh, the soup-denying Mitt Romney? When he's, when's he going to come out and, and wag his finger on this one? Because it's an easy thing. I mean, first of all, President Trump is enjoying so much success. I mean, he had a really good birthday. Nine economic records broken in the first 500 days of being in office. The, the, the deal with the uh, North Koreans. And, he, and, and for that matter, the unsung part of the North Korean deal, which, 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 brings, which brings remains of missing in action American Korean War servicemen and women who were over there. They even have some that are sitting in a, in a box someplace that, that we haven't been able to get a hold of, and now we can. The repatriation of American remains. So you got that going for you. Lowest black unemployment you're going to find anywhere. Uh, a trade deficit that's slowly slipping, slipping down. A GDP that's slowly slipping up. People are more people are employed at this level than there ever have been in terms of manufacturing in recent in recent memory. So of course you got to you got to string a baby Mexican to him to make him look horrible. You know what I mean? Put a put a baby Mexican necklace necklace on him. Put a baby Mexican belt buckle on him. Make him feel bad. Tattoo his arms like Nine Killer has. Put the baby Mexican on it. <clears throat> to how abusive he is. Of course, you have to make baby Mexican boots and make him wear them all over the place. Though I mean, you, but you know what I'm talking about. This is like the new invented problem. Right? Right. 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 See. I mean, I'm I'm just saying they this is this came out of nowhere. And suddenly it's all the rage this weekend. How do you think that happened? By the way, did you notice on Friday when the report came out regarding the FBI? Do you, do you know what happened within hours of that report coming out? Did you see what happened? Mm-mm. Manafort was ordered back in jail. Oh. Do, you, do you not see how, uh, how the deep state and the news media will at all costs wrestle away any amount of success, first of all, in the Trump administration, and any amount of attempts to get more illumination regarding the horribleness and the dastardly acts of the deep state. At this point, that I mean, it was it was almost predictable. I mean, I was waiting. I, I didn't predict it on the air, but a lot of us just kind of wonder: Oh, what's going to happen in two hours? Who's going to be? What Trump administration official is going to be announced as being under investigation? or whatever, within two hours of the FBI report. Can you believe that? And people, don't, and people don't 
realize it because then in the morning you heard everybody talking and you had the yabbits out there. And you know who the yabbits are, right? You get a yabbit on there talking about the, about the FBI report and he's going to yabbit about Manafort going to jail. Yeah, but Manafort went to jail. Yeah, but every time it's like you, it's like you talk to somebody like Mark Kaysen. Hey, did you see what happened? Yeah, but you see Manafort's back in jail. It's built in to the whole thing. You see the FBI report? Yeah, but Manafort, did you see him go to jail? I mean, every, I'm sure every left winger you talked about at the water cooler, if you actually bother with them, uh, said that. When you talked about the FBI report, right. how horrible it was. Yeah, but Manafort, I hear, went to jail. Mm-hmm. It's like that's, that's how it's built in. So then you hear, have all these successes with President Trump. It's like, yeah, but you know, did you see that baby in the cage? It's like, no, actually, we didn't see the baby in the cage. Well, they're in cages. Do you see they're in And I'm like, they are? <laughs> no, it's not really a cage, but it could be. It's a virtual cage. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a cage to them. It's like, okay, gotcha. Right. <clears throat> Roll video of teddy bear on well-made cot. <laughs> Which is what you see. How do they get those pictures, by the way? Somebody went in and undercover, I think. Undercover? Yeah, they, they wanted to, to get ex, an expose on it or something. I, I did see something up like that. Where it it's... didn't look like undercover video. It looked like these goofballs just let people in to see the facilities. I'd tell those people to pound sand. You're not getting Get out of here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, you're right. They, they want to keep any good news down. If there's good news, they got to crush it by the end of the news cycle. Oh, yeah. Thank God we have 54 million followers on our president's Twitter account, and he makes, you know... <laughs> He just tweets out how awesome he is all the time, and that's one thing we have going for us is that if, you, if you're wondering how good things are going, look at his Twitter feed. He'll tell you. Right. Yep. Pimps for evil. I like that. That have gone along like pimps of evil. <laughs> like pimps of evil. How, did, how, how do you manage to sound like a pimp of evil calling other people pimps of evil? <laughs> for the Republican Party that have gone along like pimps of evil. <laughs> pimps of evil. Where did he get that accent, by the way, this Frank Schaefer dude? Does he have an Is there an accent there? Or but for instance, a new group, VoteCommonGood.com, has recently formed to start a bus tour that is going to go coast to coast with evangelical, progressive, former evangelical, and other religious people on board appealing to that sliver of evangelical voters who look at this and are sickened as any American who loves this country would be. So there are going to be repercussions for the Republican Party that have gone along like pimps of evil. That's awesome, Pimps of evil thing. Like pimps of evil. And I think he's got the Kathleen Turner thing. You know, remember when Kathleen Turner talked like this all the time? I go, you're from Sykeston. Well, not really. I just talk. I talk like this because I'm a, I'm a movie star. I was like Kathleen Turner. Stop it! You're from Sykeston, Missouri, or wherever the hell it is. You're from. Wasn't she like from Branson or something? I have no idea. Look I, her up. I didn't, know, just I really, didn't know she was from around here. Well, no, of course not, because she sounds like she's British. I thought she was. I'm Kathleen Turner. <laughs> Why? I'm Kathleen Turner. Of course. Where's she from? Kathleen Turner. Yeah, Google her, or Bing her. I got her. 
Bada binger. Uh, Bada bing Kathleen Turner. Where's she from, Phil? Uh, she was born. In, oh, I see what you're saying now. She was born in <laughs> Missouri. S- Springfield, Missouri. Yeah, Springfield. Well played. Well played, sir. I, well, I, was, not born, I was not born in Springfield. Yes, she were. Wow. Well, how, how dare you talk to me like that? I was not born in Springfield. <laughs> that is awesome. I had no idea. <laughs> That's crazy. Frank Schaefer, where's he from? He's probably from like Des Moines, Iowa. But I, 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 I'm talking like this because I happen to be a minister, an evangelical man of the cloth. And I'm going, I'm going to talk about the pimps of evil. It's like, dude, where are you from again? Well, another country. I sound exotic. <laughs> yeah, Kathleen Turner, man. I had no idea. Of course not. Wow. No, of course you didn't, Phil. Of course you didn't, because I've been, I've managed to hide where I was born for my entire career. Because I talk like this, you know, and would dare question where I'm from. Of course not. You got some Kathleen Turner over there? I, I do. I'm looking at some, you know, body heat. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I, I got to tell mm. you, though. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, just so you know, mm-hmm. I'm not criticizing Kathleen Turner's physique. I'm not criticizing her at all. I'm just pointing no, out. You're, you're, I'm just pointing out that Kathleen Turner is not from another country. She's from Springfield. Right off of Farty Far. Right down there near past Rolla. <laughs> Play some of her for me, please, Phil. I want to hear Kathleen Turner. Um, she, from Springfield. She did a Lay's potato chip commercial I wasn't aware of. I didn't. No one that. can eat just one. <laughs> What, is she, is she, she's doing a Lay's potato chip commercial? Apparently she did. Yeah, I see that here. I wish I, yeah. Dude, push a button and play something for me. Well, there's nothing there to I play. I want to hear Kathleen Turner <laughs> talk like this. Okay. <laughs> it's an evening with Kathleen Turner. An evening? Oh, it's an, well, welcome to an evening with Kathleen Turner. I just had to block the You know I'm a movie star, don't you? <gasps> Ooh. B.I. Warshawski. Dude, you better play something. I'm trying. I'm Not only does GoDaddy have the, the products and... I got it. I'll jump right in. ...and started singing Christmas carols. And when people <laughs> didn't stop, my mother tells me, I went, well, listen to me. Wait, but by the way, this must be when she's really old, though, right? It is, you're okay. right. Her, yeah. her newer... I can't her, 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 at all. When she, she, she sounds like she's like 80 right there. It was real recent. Now she sounds like a Kathleen Turner talking like this all the time now. Now she's talking, now she sounds like she's 85 years old and has had way too many canned cigarettes. Oh, yeah. She's a smoker. That's for Get sure. her when she's early. That's when she I'm was really right in her heyday, now. a fake, fake accent thing. Mm-hmm. Fake accentery. Why, I'm not performing fake accentery. you you're you're a terrible man, you. You pimp of evil. Child, childhood and cute. They've gone along like pimps of evil. <laughs> I gotta hand it to Frank Schaefer, though, man. That's money right there. Pimps of evil. I'd love to hear Trump, like, take a swing at that one. You know, maybe he will. If Yeah, that, if he'd heard that or has, that would be... That would yeah. be that'd be a whole news cycle just up. If he just said those words, uh, that would be huge. I just want to see President Trump's face when he Pimps. sees Frank Schaefer on Joy Reid's show. When he, when he says the people are pimps. Gone along like pimps of evil. 
I like this guy. Get him With on. this president, they are now defending as Sarah Huckabee does. The you should see. So he's on with like a couple of other black dudes from from uh, who are like have collars on and stuff. They're from like some other church organization. And they're like looking at him. There's like in a triple box. And he uses the pimps of evil thing. And these guys are looking at him like, damn, that white dude is crazy. The undefensible. <laughs> look, come here, look at this. Just look at this, man. Damn. Damn, that white dude right. used the word pimp. Damn. Right. I mean, look at these guys. They're like, listening to this, this, this hair-dyed old uh, whatever he is. Talking about pimps of evil. Then they go right to the triple box. And you see Joy Reid, who looks like she went to the uh, Botox factory all of a sudden. And then these two black dudes who are like, um, damn, he just used the word pimp. <laughs> I wish there was a way we could somehow freeze frame this stuff you and can. send it immediately to the people. You're using a Mac, right? Yeah. Let's yeah. I need I need a send a freeze frame immediately to the people app. I guess that'll be developed after I do my Planet of the Ape app that I'm still working on. Ape app. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the thing. Someday what we're going to do when we have the when we have the the HD the cameras and stuff, we're going to have like a uh, a monitor and, and I'll be able to freeze it like right behind me or something, or 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 have it overlaid in the video. So yes, if you, you can will. if you can find out when a monkeys are going to fly out of my ass mm -hmm. and b when Dave Murray says hell is going to freeze over, let me know because that's when we're going to have that video for you guys. The freeze frame to the people app. Freeze, freeze, freeze frame, frame to the people. Freeze frame to the, thing. To the people. No, Put it I, up there. Yeah. You know what I'll, eventually what I'll do is I'll be able to just simply point my finger and it'll come right into your eyes. That's what'll happen some of these days. The future. <clears throat> We're going to make that happen. Are now defending, as Sarah Huckabee does, the un... With this president. We got Sarah Huckabee in there, too. Nice, nice they are now defending... As Sarah Huckabee does, the undefensible, the indefensible, so along like pimps of evil. So they got, he, managed to get, he managed to get Sarah Huckabee in there, pimps of evil. I mean, he's going after everybody. With this president, they are now defending, as Sarah Huckabee does, the undefensible. Sarah Huckabee, the harlot of evil. The indefensible. Um, that are going to take religious leaders, white evangelical leaders, because we're the problem. White evangelical voters have become the problem. Oh, and the black and the black dudes love that part of it too. Mm. Oh, now you're talking. Yeah, right. that's mm. right. Because that's what we've been saying that white whitey is the problem. Mm. So thank you, uh, white man, for going up there and throwing all the white people under the bus. Because that's what we like here on the Joy Reid Show. We put this man in power, and it is up to white evangelicals to do what Franklin Graham did and step up and do more than Franklin Graham did and said, "This is not only disgusting and unbiblical; it is evil." Yeah. It's pimp of evil, is what it is. But yeah, he threw the he did everything there. He he he's he's money. He's good. He's gonna be on twenty four hours a day on yep. MSNBC. Yep. Because he called enforcers of a law pimps of evil, and he threw white people under the bus, which is great.
They're going to go on a bus tour, which is going to even be better. I was going to talk about that because he mentioned that they're going to be loaded up with um, former evangelists. I've just never heard that before. I don't know what a former evangelist, because evangelists are just people who evangelize. So a former evangelist means you just stop talking and then you're not a, you're a yeah. former evangelist. Well, this will be, I'm sure, and I'm sure their bus tour, if, if, they're, if they're, they have any smarts at all, they'll take on the Claire McCaskill bus tour, which is, hey, that kind of looks like a Cessna. No, it's a bus with wings. That's what it is. Yeah, Twitter had a blast, and they actually, you know, made a bus with wings. Oh, did they? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, there already is a bus with wings. It's called a 737. Mm-hmm. You fly in it all the time when you're flying. You, by the way, speaking of tours, did you see the gun activist tour came to town? Uh, and so they was, these were all the Florida high school student activists. David Hogg was here. I was looking all over the internet, though, and even on on uh, Stacy Newman's Facebook page to see whether or not she had any pictures taken with David Hogg, since she managed to to be the uh, the queen of his defense, the champion, right, the champion mm-hmm. of him. Mm-hmm. Even though he wanted nothing to do with that whole cabal over there in the Parkway School District, and because they knew he knew Stacy Newman didn't give a flying rip about him. So I, I didn't see any. I didn't see any photo ops with David Hogg and Stacy Newman. Mm. Like you'd think that, that that David Hogg's first act would be, "Hey, where's Stacy Newman? I want to get my picture taken with her." Mm-hmm. But no, uh, he, I didn't see a picture. But if, if somebody knows whether or not he actually met with Stacy Newman, I don't know. I'm going to look into what he did. I want to know now that you. We did. It. He did it like they did a little. Um, they did had a. It was right there at. Um, at Cardinal Ritter High School. Oh. And they had just one of these forums. It was a panel. I mean, it was, you know, just, it's all right. You know, yeah, they, yeah. Had, they, had the, they had the March for Our Lives Road to Change Tour began in Chicago. They registered voters. Fine. You know, I mean, uh, I've always, I always said, you know, I'm sort of, listen, if you've got a movement and you're able to carry it off this way, go for it. I mean, you know, I've never really, that was so crazy. I was never really critical of the the movement or whatever, when they, when they said something I disagree with, I said, I disagree with it, but I was never really, you know, really that critical. of it. I was like, okay, good. Um, you're, you're, you're registering voters. Great. Um, just it's where you're doing it the American way. And, you know, he, he, uh, it began in Chicago, but I'm not quite sure they did a die in where they should have done the die in on the South side. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and they came here and, uh, you know the, the bus, and it's funny because, it, it, like, if you're not if you're on an airplane, I could see how you wouldn't be able to, like, for instance, tour North St. Louis in an airplane. But you got a bus. Wander around up there for a little while. Yeah. Go to go to Walnut Park and say hi to Henry Davis. Go, go to Walnut Park and just wander around. You know, mm-hmm. see what happens there, or go into a grocery store in Walnut Park and do your die in there. Disrupt, yeah. disrupt commerce at a, at the grocer and at the at the Korean grocer in Walnut Park and see how far you go with that. Anyway, uh, putting uh, political pressure on people and Bruce Rauner is supposed to be dealing with some deal regarding guns, even though that's really not the problem, and so. That their tour, but I was curious as to see whether or not David Hogg actually had any 
any dealings with the uh, with anybody who's been rambling on about this stuff. So he did he did a he did a little panel there. But I'm surprised he didn't did I didn't see any Stacy Newman video hmm. or anything like that because you know why because David Hogg doesn't want to have anything to do with these exploitive people, uh, the, these people who really aren't doing anything to really resolve the problem one way or the other, and simply use David Hogg to get people they disagreed with off the air. It was basically, was a movement there, you know. Somebody was asking me they 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 had Twitter. And Twitter has now made um, made tweets from uh, they they you can't see tweets after ninety days. Oh, that's right. I just realized that recently too. I didn't know that until I found out looking for old tweets that it just stops. Yeah, yeah. It used to not be like that. You could go back to day one on an account that had been around for five years. You could just go all the way back. And they also changed it. So I think they changed it so when you your list of followers or uh, people you follow. Uh, used to stay in order of of following, so that if you really wanted to know where somebody was at, man in power, and it is you Sorry. could you could uh, go back to their follow to whoever they're following, and you could see who oh. they followed first, right? And then that's usually the people like that are closest to them, family, friends. That used to be was a good way of figuring out, but they scrambled that too. Twitter's proactive. Well, it's funny because um, you and I don't have the problem of not being able to see tweets from way back when. Right. Unless you unless you find a way to uh, grab my computer and erase my entire photo library that has the tweets of you promising and saying that you're wanting to remove me from the air, mm-hmm. yeah. And then if, and then you got to get his Phil's computer too. Then after you get our computers, if you manage to get those, then you got to grab our phones. Oh yeah. <laughs> then you got to dig around for the disc that they're on too, the separate disc. So that's it. so. There's no hope for you hoping that your tweets have disappeared. The whole catalog of them. It's a whole book. It's a documentary mm-hmm. of your tweets. But yes. That's what makes They're going to take religion wrong, like pimps of evil. We are pimps of evil. That's what we are. And we're coming after you. Let me see if uh, Jimmy Car- Carafano got a hold of me again. Oh, and by the way, have you seen this thing? Uh, have you seen? Oh, a couple things. Have you seen what's going on in the, in the Clayton School District with these Clayton students? Uh, and the headline here is Clayton students ask their teachers to help squelch stereotypes at school. And it is you got to read this article by this uh, Kristen Takeda, whatever. I think her name has come up before as being another hack at the Post-Dispatch. But you need to read this article. I'll read it for you once we get uh, Jim Carafano on. But, man, is that a is that – Can you a, read that headline one more time? Qu- students? Yes. Students? We got to get to the national anthem here, but I and then and then Jimmy hasn't gotten back to me. Let me just see, hold on. Let me just call him. See if he's okay. What does that mean? When it does I haven't that. heard a busy signal in like twenty years. 
How about the one? How about the one where they had the, uh, you know, the number you ever reached is not oh, in yeah. service? Oh, yeah. Like, where do they get that sound? Yeah. Like, who did that? <laughs> hey, Jimmy? Hello? Hey, Jim. It's Jamie. How you doing, man? Yeah. Hey, are you going to be available in a couple minutes? I think I woke him up. Okay, buddy. Yeah, I'll, I'll call you in just a few minutes. Just as for our usual 8 o'clock EST hit. Is that all right? Okay, buddy. I think I woke him up. You did wake him up. So who did who who did that? Um, who did that? <laughs> the number you've reached is not in service. Like, who the hell came up with that little sound there? I've never heard a person do an impression of that sound. That was, that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I remember that sound very well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that was like somebody. I, I I don't even know whether it was some kind of like uh, it was tones, three tones. Three oh, tones. okay. But there was some kind of weird thing in the background that made it sound like a big machine. Mm-hmm. Or that, or but that sound, that beeping sound is is an unnatural mm-hmm. sound. You never hear that anywhere, <laughs> right? Yeah, I've never heard they, it anywhere. They came up with a sound that nobody else has ever heard before. Let me do, do another one here. I'll show you what a sound is. Here. Here. Um, let me see this here. Let me just see what this is here. Hold on. Okay, now. Um, what's the traditional sound uh, that is used? The, the default, whatever. Yeah, what is it? <sighs> No, what's the what's the traditional <laughs> default? What's the default one? I don't remember the name of it. You're getting there. Still took that from the Odd Couple. Yeah, you're right. I'm trying to find the, the normal submarine. default one, dude. Mm-hmm. What's it called? No, not that one. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> oh, I hate that one. I'm trying to find the one that's the default one, dude. Because I'm 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 serious about. Should be the very top one, huh? Should it? I, well, hold on. Sometimes, old phones. That's yeah, the... no, the old phone. I'm talking about the ding. Yeah. The the, the regular ding here. Uh, text tone here. No, that's one. Here, see. No. What's the one that's 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 the normal one, dude? I gotta find it because I'm 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 on to something. I can't find it though. Um, it was the normal ding, mm-hmm. okay? And the ding, can you find it on yours? You got an X, right? Yeah, I have a ten. Mm-hmm. Hold on a second here, because I'm gonna find something here real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, can you find the regular like the beep? Like what what's your tone on the beep? Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something here. I'm gonna tell you something about the sound here. I realize, I realize we're this is, you know, pretty much horrible radio. But what are you gonna do? Go listen to commercials over there and and and, and the traffic report. Tritone is the name. Oh, is tritone. it Tritone? That's funny. Can you do it? Mm-hmm. Hold on, hold on. Can you do it? I'm looking right now. Ringtone, uh, text tone. Here we go. Do it. I'm looking. Classic. Is it classic? No. Ding. You know what it, Matt, do you have a, have a ding on your phone, by the way? I don't. Oh, here. What's this? Oh, here we go. Uh, 
time. No, I don't see Tritown. I've got. Uh, I don't see the. I, I know what you're talking about. Find used, the ding. Used to say, classic or. You have it there, partner. No, it's the ding. It's not that sound. No, I it's do-do-do. ding. It's the ding. Julie, my wife says note. It's called yes, note. 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 Put that on there. But she didn't send it. She just said that's what it's called. Thank you. I, th- I think it's a, it's the note. It's a ding. Damn. Darn. Hmm. Ding. New metal ding. It sounds like that. It sounds just like that. No. But not that. Okay. That's what it sounds like. But I, I'm just, I was getting someplace where it's, it's the ding. Ding. No, it's it the ding. Tritone. Okay. Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound like a ding. I know. Dude. Dude. Ate up. That's a train. Well, Sorry. I'm going to do it anyway. I've maintained that the ding on your cell phone is... No, that's a bell! <laughs> Clearly. Clearly that's a... What about a ding? Ding. Okay. Like the bing. Okay. It sounds like this. That's what it sounds like. Right? I don't know that sound. You know what that sound is, though, don't you? It's the first note of, the, of Sloop John B. Come on, people. We come on this Sloop John B. Just wow. Have that little grandfather and me. I was looking for that. Around Nassau Town, we did roam. So it must be just like the new phones don't have it. We're way too modern here. But it's the, it's the first note of Sloop John B. is what your big thing is. So, you want to do an anthem really quickly? Yep. And then we'll get Chip Carafano. But by now, I'm going to have him grab a cup of coffee. And then we're also, after Jimmy, going to tackle this, this Clayton School thing. You gotta, I'm going to read the article to you because in reading it, I was like, oh my lord, this is crazy. We'll double back on that. And we'll also hear from Tom Arnold, because I know that's what you've been waiting to hear from, is Tom Arnold. On President Trump being a Russian agent. Donald Trump Jr. is trolled on Father's Day for a picture he put out there. And of course, guess what? This is tied to the ripping of babies from the arms of uh, Attempted illegal immigrants. He's a pimp of evil. And then who won the basketball game between Ted Cruz and Jimmy Kimmel? Well, that for you, too. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, our national anthem. Or the rain. 
They travel to the world on a silvery light The people of the earth stood waiting Watching as the ships came one by one Setting fire to the sky as they landed Carrying to the world children of the sun Turn out the sun All at once came a sound from inside Then a beam light hit the ground Everyone felt the sound of their heartbeat Every man 
Yes, and be my top imagination. To the door, to the world, I'm another time. And on the journey of a thousand lifetimes, with the children of the sun, they started to back to bed your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system two zero two two five you know uh that chick lives in st louis still get her on the show man we're sorry but the number you've reached is not in service please consult your directory and dial again Dial it again. Please, Phil, dial the number again. The number you reached wasn't service. It was just busy. Okay, here we go. Hello, Phil. This is Gavin Turner from Springfield, Missouri. I'm trying to get a hold of Jim Carafano. Morning this morning, uh, Jim Carafano. How are you? Uh, hey. It's a bright sunny day here in Dillon. You sound like we just played Children of the Sun. You sound like you're like up there in the sun because I can't hardly. Are we supposed to call it a different number? 
Uh, it looks like you called on the, on the 250 line. Yeah, should I call on a different line? No, that's, that, you, know what, you can call again and see if you get a better signal. Um, on a different number? Same number. No, on this number here. No, no, the same number. You know, sometimes on international calls, you never know. Oh, that's right. You're international, aren't you? Where are you? Because it sounds like you're actually on Skylab. So I didn't know whether or not you're... Uh... No, I'm in, I'm in Delhi, which is close. I can see Skylab from here. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Nice, buddy. So, uh, first of all, well, okay, well, no, we'll take this line. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try to, I'm not gonna tempt fate here and try to get you back in here, but uh, okay. with a different line. So you, you sound really great considering you're in India. So I'm good. Okay, I'm good. So, I'm buddy, in India. What yeah. do you, first of all, what I are you doing? Even, I can do it with the accent if people don't believe me. Please do. No. Okay. Oh, okay. I was okay. <laughs> I was about to say, please, please do the accent. What was? Please do. So, so, what are you doing there, buddy? I'm, I'm uh, I was at a conference explaining Trump, what I always do. Nice. You know, actually, it was really interesting because actually, it was, people actually agreed with me. People just said, you know, these people that are, you know, pulling their hair out and jumping off clips, they're just crazy. Because people should just relax and look at what the U.S. is actually doing. The U.S. is a, a good partner for India. And then, so I'm like, why did I have to fly, like, you know, 2,000 miles? Because huh. it's all great. Well, even before you left, though, you told me, and, and again, this is really important because I, I think in terms of the world stage, uh, that you uh, have said before that the people of India, they, they like us. They like the United States. They're, they're, they're friends of the United States. Yeah, actually, somebody was sharing some polling data with me today that said that, that the popularity in the United States is the high, highest it's been um, in the last two presidents. Which is interesting, you know. But it's like Europe, you know. I was, you know, I was just in Europe, and they say, "Oh, all the Europeans hate uh, Trump." But I was in Romania, and the Romanians, they they think Trump's their savior. Yeah, I mean th- that's interesting. So, so on what basis do they make? Do they say that? Like, like how is he helping? Is it just a matter of just simply uh, world peace, essentially, or their relationship with Pakistan? Because a while there, there was this thought that the next nuclear war was going to be between India and Pakistan. And that, of course, hasn't happened, but is, 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 is there still a danger of that? And, and do they like the, the idea of President Trump's muscular foreign policy? Let's put it that way. Um, well, a couple of things have happened. Um, one is the, the number one thing that the Indians worry about is China. And they see the U.S. presence in China and the U.S. embracing this idea of the Indo-Pacific all being one region that we ought to be concerned about. They see that as very important and very reassuring in balancing China. So that, for that reason, they love the U.S. They love that, that Trump is uh, trying to do better in Afghanistan and that the U.S. is staying in Afghanistan because if Afghanistan falls apart, that's a real real problem for the uh, Indians. And, and this is the weirdest thing at all. You remember last year when Trump said, well, we're going to pull all the aid from Pakistan. Actually, um, you know, Pakistan's actually been better behaved in the last year. So, um, ironically, you know, Trump's helped bring a lot of stability to the region. And I, I think the Indians actually appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think in terms of, uh, really in the end, I have to tell you, I think if I were from 
these other countries that are menaced by neighbors and those kinds of things, I would think that actually the development that we saw in in North Korea would be a good sign, don't you think? Um, yeah, generally people are, are pleased with that. Uh, I was, actually, I was on my panel. There was a um, Korean uh, on my panel. Uh, and then I actually had the lunch afterwards with, and there were with two Koreans. And, and by and large, Koreans are um, very optimistic about the situation with North Korea. And that uh, actually has an effect throughout the region where people are uh, uh, more positive. And then um, I was talking, uh, we really got a panel from Japan. Japan's very interesting. And Japan's almost exactly like the United States. Um, half of them love Trump, half of them hate Trump. And you know, what you think is nothing about what the policies actually are. It's like who you support. So Abe is a, a strong um, ally of Trump. Uh, and the people that support Abe, they're very supportive of the president. So, you know, this notion that everybody in the world hates this guy, I, and that's actually not true. Even like the Indians, the Indians are not excited about uh, our tariff policies and the implications that have some trade. Honestly, I'm, I'm with them. I'm not real thrilled about it either, but they, they look at the bigger picture and they say, well, you know, we understand what he's trying to do. We don't necessarily agree with the tactics, but, um, at the end of the day, we all want freer trade, lower tariff barriers, lower non-tariff barriers, a more liberalized market. Um, so, you know, right now they're in a wait-and-see attitude. They think generally things are are positive. That's why you have to do this. You know, I don't, it, let me tell you, brother, It is. I don't care what class you're flying an airplane. It is not fun getting up at, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning and flying 14 hours to another country. <laughs> But I think if you don't go and talk to people, that, that's the only way you're going to know what's going on in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because, listen, I understand, because usually that information is laundered through some media outlet. And while some are more fair than others, just actually talking to people is is really the way to go. And, and by the way, speaking of North Korea, just kind of uh, covering a few little uh, crumbs that are left over from this whole uh, event, do you – Think and I don't think the president really cares about this, and I really don't either. But do you think the president will be the recipient of the Nobel Peace Prize? I mean, not that. It, I mean, again, I'm not. I'm not obsessed with that whole idea. But, but it, 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 do you think he will? Well, I you know I would say based on what's so far, I would say no. He shouldn't because nothing has really happened yet. I mean, we were at the very beginning of this process. I think he's put a strategy in place that protects U.S. interests. He's opened a diplomatic door to North Koreans. Um, neither side's really made meaningful concession, concessions. Nothing's really happened yet. So, I mean, I just think it, it would be, uh, I mean, right, it's not appropriate now. I mean, we'll, we'll see where we are a year from now. And that, you know, this is one of my problems. I mean, you read Twitter, and, you know, the critics are, they're comparing it to what, to J, the JPCOA, and this is ridiculous, or other deals. We haven't done anything yet. The letter that was signed was, was just a bunch of statements that both sides have made before. It's, it's just marked that there's going to be a process and they're going to continue. Nothing's really happening yet, so there's nothing to grade at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, you could say A for effort, but I, I don't think we should be handing out Nobel Peace Prizes for for A for effort. I mean, Obama got one for doing nothing. I got yeah. one. Yeah, I know. 
I mean, yeah. I, and again, it, I don't. It, it's symbolic. It's this. It's that. We, you know, I think you know, President Trump is a results-oriented guy, and he wouldn't. You know, maybe he might think of it as like a cool thing, but I think I think you're right. I think he'd just soon be based on merit anyway. And by the way, one of the things I think that one of the things that's great about you, Jimmy, is we when we've talked about um, honoring our veterans and things like that. One of the things I was really fascinated by is an element of this accord or this, uh, whatever they, they sign there regarding, uh, the remains of American North Korean, uh, in North Korea, Americans who were killed in action in North Korea, where their remains are still there. Uh, and, and you have done, you have, I, I think I've talked to you extensively about this whole forgotten war, uh, element right. of the North Korea war. I thought that was a really important development there in terms of us being able to recover and repatriate remains of American soldiers from there. Well, you know, on the North Korean side, it's just a gesture, but to a lot of American families, that kind of closure is really important. And, you know, to a country that really does believe no, no, no one's ever left behind. I, I think it is, it, and as I understand it, the North Koreans have actually started to to uh, hand stuff over, which in a way is kind of despicable, right? Like they were just sitting on yeah, it. I know. You know, waiting for a, a time to do that. But still, I, I think, you know, good for the president for mentioning it. Um, of course, getting them is, is, is great. You know, the other issue that people are uh, concerned about is human rights in North Korea. It is a big deal. I, I do wish the president had emphasized it more, but look, this administration cares about human rights. Um, I, I actually, I was talking to the Koreans. They said, you know, he came to Seoul and he gave a, uh, an address to our parliament and, and he spoke very eloquently about the human rights issue and, and the state of the union address. He, he spoke very eloquently about it. So look, in statecraft, and human rights is always on the menu, when you, but it doesn't mean that it's always the first course. So I, I understand why the president hasn't led with that in the negotiations. And I, I do think that people just, by by the, the fact that he didn't lead with the human rights issues, they're just looking for something to criticize, because I think at the end of the day, the U.S. will will address it. Right. And, and I guess, Jimmy, we're not really sure that it wasn't addressed as a top issue. And I'm wondering whether sometimes you're in a situation with uh, Kim Jong-un and Kim Jong-un is like, dude, I'll talk to you about human rights. Just don't make this a big deal because then I got to worry about all this other crap here. And so we'll talk about human rights, but let's not make it the forefront. So we don't even know whether or not, first of all, Kim Jong-un would say, dude, to the president, but we also don't know whether or right. not that it wasn't actually talked about to a large degree, but just wasn't presented publicly as a big issue. Well, the, the administration did say it raised it. Yeah. But, but again, it wasn't in the communique. They didn't make a big deal out of it. People are upset by it. But I, honestly, I sometimes I just wonder, if, you know, people are looking for something and claim that. You remember, like, you know, Lester Holt goes – North Korea filmed this whole silly thing at a at a ski resort about how wonderful it is. Yeah, and everybody goes all yeah. god all the cheerleaders, <laughs> and then they're all going they're cooing over the sister. And nobody wanted to talk about human rights then, but now because Trump didn't say enough about it, it's a big deal for him. Yeah, right. And the yeah. other thing is, is is you know yesterday it was all 
human rights, and then today it's all, well, they're detaining children at the border. It really is, I mean, it just seems like they're just moving on to the next outrage. Exactly. Yeah, we were talking. We yeah, we were talking about that earlier about how it just doesn't matter. Even when the, when the when they came out with the FBI report on Friday, two hours later, Manafort go back to jail. It's like okay, uh, it's, 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 they just keep on moving the ball. By the way, uh, what time is it in India right now, brother? It is about um, um, a little about left of six p.m. So, what you have for lunch there in India yeah. today? I, I, I couldn't even tell you what it was. Oh, yeah. but was it good? Um, yeah. Was it good? It was, um, no. Oh. Uh, it was. You know, they, everything they go is they go veg or you know because there's a lot of vegetarians in India, right? Right. right. They always go veg or non-veg, right? And the 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 non-veg non-vegetarians usually some like chicken or something, and I'm like, yeah, I'll I'll try the vegetarian for the change, and it was. They said it was cheese cheese pie, but I, I don't know what that means. Goat pie. Well, they, they just wrap everything in. But I, and I'm not, it's not, look, I was sitting next to an Indian. I was sitting next to an Indian who's a vegetarian, and and she looked at it and she goes, "What is this?" So it wasn't just me. <laughs> oh, so it's the Indian who said, it. "What is this?" Now, do they have a is is because right here in here in the states they have uh, pale ale, India ale. Do they actually really have that over there or? Yes, they do. Oh, good. I, they do, and but you know, you can actually get incredibly good Indian food in the states. Um, and I've had really good Indian food here, and uh, and a lot of Indian food in the states is just kind of for Americans. But you can actually get really good Indian food, so it's not like you actually have to come to India to get good Indian food. <laughs> no, so. right, exactly. I actually had spaghetti for dinner last night, and it was very good. You had so, spaghetti so for dinner? Mm-hmm. What? You had spaghetti for dinner? I did. I had spaghetti in India. It was fine. So you so you were at a restaurant? I wasn't. I, I, I no, I said I was at the hotel. Oh, okay. I, I wasn't going to risk, you know, a total apostasy and have, like, the pizza. But I, I did have the spaghetti, and it was totally cool. That's nice. But India is an awesome country. They love Americans here. There's a lot of interesting things to do. So I'm very, I'm very big on India. It's awesome. Yeah, I know you are. Maybe, maybe take us. I just a- wish it was closer. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you wish it was closer. <laughs> well, next time, take us with you because I'd like to. I'd love to travel India with uh, with Jim Carafano. All right, brother. Well, listen. Thanks for the time. I I, right. I I I don't know whether you. I thought maybe there was. A, I think we had agreed that we were going to actually talk to you from India, but I'm not quite sure whether we actually did. So thank you for your patience in terms of us just like calling you out of the blue. But I uh, appreciate that, buddy. You. You know, anybody gets to talk to Jamie Allman, that's like, what more can you ask for? Right on, brother. Let's be honest. I right? know. And to talk to you, I, yeah. I, you you're the best, right. man. And by the way, uh, don't forget, are you going to ride show, brother. Are you gonna ride on the uh, on the New Delhi freight train? Is that, they have one of those there, too? Um, no. All right, brother. Hey, love you, Jimmy. Safe travels, buddy. Actually, actually, tomorrow I'm going home. I'm only on the, I'm only here for like a day. So okay, well, have a good flight, right. buddy. Good talking to you. Okay, man. Good talking to you too. Thank you, my friend. Yeah. Well, I lived them half rock hard, knocked a black rock county just to ride on that new Delhi train. 
Good band right there, y'all. Beautiful uh, voice of Lowell George, too. I think that is Lowell George. I think it is. Died when he was 49 years old. 1969, man. You like him, Mark Kaysen? You know, I don't really know music a lot, especially new stuff. But I like this. This is nice. I, I've never heard these people before. How old, how old are, I mean, are these? Old, are they old? Or are they new? Oh, they're, they're old. Oh, are they? Yeah, man. Oh. Yeah, dude. <laughs> okay. They're old. They're old, all right. But they are... Uh, no, well, that's probably why they're good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well and played. I mean, 1969 was a damn good year, too, for a lot of things. Phenomenal year. It was yeah. kind of where everybody was taking a breather from all the tumult of the 60s. What are you talking about? And transferring over <sighs> into just simply doing we were, drugs. We were, des- we were destroying everything in sight. We in were, 69? Yeah, oh, we took over everything at UCLA. I mean, we, in 69, though? I thought, you were, I thought it was a little earlier sit, than that. No, sit, well, I was at UCLA from 68 to 72, and we had control of everything. We, we ran the school. We, we changed everything. We, we threw all the, the white people out. Well, if we could have, we would have. But, no, we, th- we threw all the fraternities and sororities. We got them banned from campus. Uh, Why did you do that? Didn't like them. 
<laughs> yeah. Good enough. Got rid of them. Listen, when I was at Madison, Wisconsin, it was like it was considered really super uncool to be part of a uh, fraternity. Sure. So I went up there, and I will tell you though, and, and again, I have nothing against fraternities. I, I I know a lot of guys who were in fraternities and are really awesome guys. I'm just saying that when we went up to Madison, fairly liberal school. It was really not really not cool to be part of a fraternity up there because they're conservative normally. Well, yeah, but but yeah. it was also just not really. It, we were we actually, but some of them it was so bad for some of the fraternities that they didn't have enough people living in their homes to in their fraternity houses to support you know sure. pay the bills. So my buddy Tom Cole and I, uh, bless his soul were there and we were we wound up at the short course dorms because uh, for, I don't know how why Tom did uh but I wound up there because I sent a reservation for my dorm to myself accidentally and so I got a I got a thing in the mail and it's and it was it was a return address and so by the time I got the back of the mail like which was like 2 weeks later for some reason I was too late to reserve a dorm room. So I still had to go to college. So for those of us who were idiots and the 2.6ers, we weren't 4.2s like David Hogg. We were 2.6ers. People like us, we stayed at a place called the Short Course Dorms, which was like the land of misfit toys. And so there was Tom Cole and I, and, and we bonded over a few cigarettes here and there and became fast friends and decided we we're going to try to find a place to live. So we saw that the Teak House, a fraternity, which is an engineering fraternity at the time. You Teak? <clears throat> no. Okay. Well, we went to the Teak House and, and we decided we were, they were going to let us rent a room at the Teak House. And, and, and basically we could live there be, and partake in all their Wapatuli parties, which was basically Everclear and Kool-Aid, which is really good. And we'd, uh, we'd drink their Wapatuli and hit on their sorority girlfriends mm. and live there without having to be joining the fraternity. And so they, but, but they grew to hate us a lot because we didn't join, but they still needed our money. So we basically, Tom and I lived in this fraternity house and, and, and they couldn't stand us, but they needed our money. So we just took advantage of that. That's yeah. my fraternity story. Yeah, we sat we sat on the roof of the buildings and 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 thousands of us, and then took over the administration building and threw out the <laughs> the, the the chancellor. And let me ask you this: though. why yeah. why did you think that that was okay to do? Like, what was it your business to go in there and take people out the way you did? Well, two things: number one, uh, stop the Vietnam War. And number two, oh, so I, I see the chancellor of UCLA two, was going to stop the Vietnam and, and War, number, was he? And number two, end racism. Well, you know, it is funny that you say that because even at the time, I used to say, um, you know, it's funny that we're doing this because the poor chancellor can't affect any of these things. But, uh, but so you I knew that, so, but didn't care. I didn't care. Of course you didn't. No, no. And by the way, you mentioned a great thing because I know they were all doing drugs. I didn't do drugs. I didn't drink. But you I'll didn't tell you, do any of that? What? But wait, but wait. You mentioned one good thing. Peyote. The girls. Oh, there were so many great girls in the movement. 
Let me tell you. They well, were I mean, everywhere. I have to tell you. The they hip, were everywhere. The hippie chicks were hot. They, I, I have to give listen, you that. Listen, it was, you couldn't, yeah, forget. The, all these other things you can throw out. Look, at I, the I, I girls went, I, were great. I saw tapes of Woodstock. I could, I saw that. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah there, there's no getting around that. I, um, after, after, we, although I will tell you though, I don't want to interrupt you, but, no. but by the time I was more in a liberal school, um, see the hippie girls that you ran into, at least they shaved their legs. Like, like ours, by the time the eighties rolled around, the hippie girls didn't shave their legs. And that was a, that was a disturbing, uh, development for hippie girls, which is why it turned out that in the end, the conservative girls were ultimately prettier, better looking. I don't know about that. I, all I know is, it's true. You, you know, one of the things about the movement was absolutely the women. I mean, that was, you know, anybody that says otherwise is lying. I mean, you're sitting on the roof and, you know, you're looking, yeah. So it was you're, the 18, it was you're, 18, women, you're right? 18, you're 18 years old. By what the do way, you think can, you're thinking about? Can I ask you something? So, so the Vietnam yeah. War was going on. Like, how did you avoid being drafted well, or I, any of that kind of that's, stuff? That's a great question. First of all, I mean, if and I went with, I got married when I was, I mean, some of this other stuff was younger. But I got married very young, 18 years old. Okay. Wait, so you were there, but you're talking about all the women, but well, you were married? Well, because I, wow. before, before I got married. Wow. But anyway, we. You're we a, you were a pimp of evil. Yeah. you were. Something like that. We, okay, so we went to, um, to uh, Canada. To check out the um, uh, McGill For University. The Republican Party that. Yeah, McGill, McGill University. Because we weren't going to stay here. I mean, right. you know, and it, I. So you, you went know, to Canada? Well, I didn't stay there. I mean, I went there to check out the university. I was going to go there. I, we, we weren't going to have any part of this place. But when my number came in the lottery, it was so high that, because it was like 275. You know, three one from zero to three sixty five, and I was two seventy five. Anybody under one twenty five went. Anybody over one twenty five, you're 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 safe. Oh wow! So I was safe. So that was it. So I wasn't going to leave here after that. I mean, I I just wasn't going to fight anybody. I wasn't going to fight anybody. I wasn't going to crawl around in the 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 jungle where there are a bunch of of, of crazy animals and bugs. And so you, so instead, you chose to protest here and yeah. probably make it harder for those people who did go to survive the war because you uh, encouraged the government and everybody else to be executing a war that should have been in the hands of the military, but instead was in the hands of these goofballs at UCLA and in Washington D.C. You know, back so, then everybody was liberal. You know, just like today, most people are conservative. They are. And back then, mostly everybody was liberal. Talk radio was all liberal. All. I mean, there was like, you ever hear of a guy named Bob Grant? Yeah. Yeah. He very was famous. Was he in Chicago? Uh, he may have been in, yeah. all over the country. But here's the thing. He was like one conservative. Everyone was liberal. Any talk, you just went through every talk show. Liberal, liberal, liberal. liberal. Everyone. Then you found, you know, here and there, one conservative all over the country. Yeah. Yeah, it changed. You know, the things change. But let me say that, so we went to, we went to Europe, my wife and I, in, six, in 1969. And um, You went to Europe? Oh, yeah. How'd you get to Europe? How'd you afford, how could you afford Europe? It's, these are all great questions. A hundred dollars 
on what is now called Wow Airlines. Right. Which is which is really Icelandic Airlines. Okay, that's all it is. Sure. It's, yeah. it's the old Icelandic. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. Now, we had a little prop jet that got us over the Atlantic because scary, but Must we have made it. Forever. We made it, you know. And you let they land you in Iceland just like they do now. And and okay, so all that. And and then you you get there and then they have a Eurail pass. Because, you oh, know, their trains Lord. are so terrific. So you were backpacking Europe hun- while hun- people were dying in hun- Vietnam? Correct. Oh, yeah. hundred hundred bucks gets you on those trains for a month. And you go anywhere you want. And you actually sleep on the trains. I was just talking to your guys in the control room. And, and you know, poor Jimmy, you know, whatever he's eating in India, I wouldn't eat that. That's horrible, that food. Yeah, come on. It's wrapped you know, in cabbage. But, yeah, I, I don't know what, what it is. The only food I ever had in the world is the food that you would expect to be good, and it was great. France. Oh, great food. But but did you, you didn't feel bad about how your peers were over there slogging through the jungle? The only people I knew were ripping up their draft cards, writing F.U. on the back of it and sending it to the draft board. We, no one I knew was going, and that was part of the problem. The people who were going were generally poor people, and uh, and and people who who couldn't fight back. Who and and we fought for them. I mean, we we were there was a draft a, re, a draft resistance movement to stop all of this lunacy. And and when I came back from Europe in '69, this was great. One of the greatest experiences ever. You'd have. You'd have killed for this. We we went to, to Washington, D.C. It was one of the moratorium marches. And my congressman at that time was Barry Goldwater Jr. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jr. Uh-huh. in California. And uh, Barry Gold and my hair is down to here. And, you know, I'm crazy. But Barry Goldwater Jr. got us seats in the in the United States Senate to sit and watch and hear one of the greatest and most historic debates in the history of the United States about the war. I mean, you know, like I say, you know, Barry Goldwater Jr. What did did you have against the Vietnam War? Well, first of all, what was the purpose? And not to mention the fact that, that Lyndon Johnson, you know, just like our current guy, he lied. There was no attack in the Gulf of Tonkin. We said back then there was no attack, but no one knew for sure. But now today we know there was no attack. Well, you, you know your buddy John Kennedy was the one who started the Vietnam War, right? Well, that's not true. Yeah, that, it is. And, He's the one who sent uh, advisors over there no, okay. for the first time. There, there were, there were 10,000 advisors over there, and he was thinking about getting them out. And, and they went because we were trying to, to work with France who, you know, and they got destroyed over there at Dien Bien Phu as, you know, 1954. And it was actually Eisenhower who started bringing those yeah, people right. over there. But but anyway, yeah, Kennedy probably would have gotten us out. I mean, that's the talk. No, we would have been, we would of, have been, in, we would have been in a war. And well, we would have actually, you know what? We would have won the war. There was no, how would you win that war? How do you go 10,000 miles across the world, which no one has ever succeeded in this, and convince people to do what you want them to do. Nobody's done it. No, I, I you're mean, right. I mean, I think Iraq is a good example of that. No, the Russians in Afghanistan. The Russians destroyed communism 
because they tried what we tried in Vietnam. They tried it in Afghanistan. It wiped them off the face of the earth. Right. So, you know, we're just lucky because we were a stronger country. We, we could survive it economically. Well, yeah, well we it was could... just, it's the same thing. It's the same issue I have, and we're going to get Tony Minetti on here. Yeah. Boy, what a, what, a, what a juxtapositioning of, uh, of uh, viewpoints there, uh, sensibilities there. Yeah, now, let me ask, is, is Tony Minetti, and I, I mean, I saw him at that debate that you had that was great. Yeah. But, but is he willing, and I want to know who else is, to stand up against the concentration camps that we have established here in the United States right now for those people from from Latin America, and is he willing to stand up against putting children in cages, which, gone along which is where they are, like pimps of evil? Yeah, right. Pimps of evil. Yeah, you know they they they've got the the kids in cages. Uh, you know, this the, the, is first exactly, of all we so we've seen exactly video. First of all, they're, they're not they're not cages. I either. saw the cages. Oh, so I she like okay, so, okay. Let's 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 just deal with this here. Just like Germany, she, I know you love bringing up Germany. How about when the Pope brought up Germany the other day but and I'm talked not... about how abortion was the white glove version of German extermination and eugenics? No one in the world because you love wakes bring... up, no one in the world wakes up and says, "Let's have some no, abortions." I, I know, but but, but still, no one but, wants but, but, that. but to the point though, you love bringing up German comparisons. Yeah. But when then the Pope does and compares abortion to it, you just have none of it. I favor abortion for sure. I want. Every woman who wants an abortion to have one. I just want it to be a country where we don't have to have abortions because we we encourage safe and and sensible sexuality, which tells young people don't get pregnant, have sex. But see, but don't see, get but, pregnant. But, but, but unfortunately, though, year olds liberals aren't listening to you because they 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 don't they won't allow that kind of conversation in a school. That's what Bill wants. They won't allow the conversation Clinton. to take place in the school. Thrive types tries to go into a school Thrive. and talk about that, and 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 all they go, no, get out of here. We're we're too busy putting a condom over a banana. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's that's really what this is all about. And so we we need to open it up a little bit. Do you think eighteen year olds should should have sex? Uh, not well, uh, not mine until well, you're married. Well. <laughs> Look, I got to tell you something. Only because I think it's the I think it's dangerous. Are the hormones. Well, yeah, but I mean, but, you're not going to stop teenagers, right? Here's the thing: responsible, safe, yes, honest. You know, great, but, 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 decent okay. relationships. But what about what about kids who are okay with the idea that if they don't want to have sex, they could do whatever but they why, want. But why is that even brought up in the schools? Laugh. The kids laugh. They say, oh, yeah, we're absent. No, no, not, not, they not sign many the, kids do. They the Republican Party the that have Look, gone along kids. like pimps of evil. This story here, we'll talk to Tony Minetti about it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll get him so, on. But yeah. here's the deal. No, wait, and, and, I want to tell you something about David Hogg. No, I, I told Tony Minetti, who served in our yeah. wars, that I'd be calling on him. Yeah. I, I support everybody who serves in the wars. I, I, I don't want anybody hurt. And I and I certainly want them to be respected when they come back here, just like I want the good police to be respected too. But it's the people who send them there that's the problem. But that's another yeah. issue. Well, unfortunately, talk, unfortunately, tell you real quick well, you, about we'll, Hog. We'll, we'll come back though. We're going to come back. Okay. I need to talk to Tony because he ahead. has an announcement to okay. make. Okay, go ahead. And we're going to come back, and you're still going to be here at okay. eight o'clock, and we'll that's deal fine. with the David Hogg thing. We'll deal with this ridiculous thing in Clayton schools. Hog's a this? problem. Oh, yeah, Hog's a Clayton problem. Students, I got some. Yeah. 
Ask their teacher to help squelch stereotypes at school. You're going to love this article too, Mark Casey. Yeah, and Kristen Takeda, by the way, is a great lady who actually went to UCLA, young, smart, serious journalist. You'd love her. Yeah. You really would. But, but she got wrapped up in this story, though. Well, she reports the stories. I, guess. I know I know who those people are. Those are my why buddies. Is her, why is her Educators name Educators for so social justice. I know, you, I know, they, I know they're yeah. all your people. They're my people. Oh. oh. Boy, this is a this is the microaggression deal, man. Go ahead and pull the trigger there, buddy. Let's get him on. Tony Minetti, people, don't interrupt either. No, I'll behave. I can. And I by the way, uh, this thing, you know, if if let's let me put it this way, if you are a if you walk into a liquor store with a baby in your hand and you rob the liquor store, what do you think is going to happen to the baby? Germany. What do you think is going to happen to the baby? So, uh, my answer so, is Germany. So the people who are the this is exactly what happened there. Everybody looked the other way and made up all these other stories. But the bottom line is we have concentration camps, thousands of kids. Turn that down a little bit. It's ringing. It says yeah. Tony's yeah. unavailable. It says okay. But I'll try. I can try again. Um, he says ready receipt. Calling you now, dude. Okay. Hold on. Oh, he was calling me, bro. I'm sorry. That was him calling. I didn't realize it was an incoming call. Oh. I'm sorry. I can he could call back if you want him to I'm text ca- him. I'm just tell I'm call just call him. Call him, okay. We don't allow people to call us. I care who they are. <laughs> but no, uh so so the people who are really most responsible for whatever's happening with these kids are the people or the parents who are committing a crime with their kids. How how, it, how horrible a parent do you have to be to commit a crime? With your children in tow, it doesn't make any sense to me. Donald and, what do you, and you're putting can your children stop in a, this, but 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 he shouldn't. Okay, he, he, Americans elected him to uh, to to do this and and to and to secure our borders. The people who are who are causing the most trouble for these kids are their parents, not Donald Trump, not border agents, not anybody. We're going to find out. We've talked about this so many times in four months now, a little over four months. We're going to find out if the American people are willing to go along with this Germany business. Because if the American people support concentration camps and the rest of this, then good for you. These are not concentration camps. Hey, good morning. Hey, good morning, Colonel Monetti. How you doing, buddy? Good, man. How are you? Uh, Here's the deal. We're dealing with this Mark Kaysen character who came in here. He broke in. Uh, and he had a baby in his hand. So now the baby's been taken away from him because he's trespassing. And now he's claiming that this thing down there at the border, by the way, is a concentration camp. When, when, the, when I'm maintaining, and before we get to your big announcement, I'm maintaining uh, possibly future Senator uh, Tony Minetti that what's happening down there is precisely what President Trump promised would happen. That is a zero-tolerance policy. And actually, it's more humane to keep people from coming over here illegally, living as a subculture of people who are abused at the workplace, abused and cannot call the police when they are harmed by anybody. And so I'm maintaining that this is uh, a a perfectly humane act on the part of the U.S. government, uh, saving children from their law-breaking parents. You know, you bring up a great point, and uh, glad you brought it up. There's a, it just depends on how people want to spin this. Uh, you know, if you, if you if you read up on this, the, our Homeland Security uh, leaders have already announced there is a process for people that want to come to this country to seek asylum. 
All they got to do is follow the law. And what our president is trying to do is enforce the law and encourage Democrats and Republicans to just deal with this problem once and for all, rather than sweeping it under the rug. And what he needs are leaders that are going to help him enforce the law. But yet we can have compassion for people that are trying to come to this country legally, follow the process. We just can't continue to you know, do this where people can just come in and, and say one thing and do another. So I, you're correct, Jamie. I think what we have to do, however, is address the problem and then, you know, just not just sweep it under the rug. And I think that's what's really upsetting a lot of people that don't agree with our president is that he's actually getting stuff done. And uh, they can't believe that he's enforcing the law. And I think that's why we need new leaders in the Senate and the House to help enforce the law. And then let's just get focused on the other problems at hand in this country, like you know, getting the balanced budget going and term limits and just getting rid of all this craziness going on where people just come in and do whatever they want. When What we should do is encourage people to get a job <laughs> and pay taxes. And, you know, so, yeah, I'm in agreement with you. Yeah, that's that's the biggest problem. People are people are are acting as if the parents who are committing an illegal act with their children with them are not a problem and or not part of the problem. And yet now they're being treated like we're some kind of Nazi concentration camp. And the reality is the parents are the ones who are culpable for this situation because they are committing an act, a criminal act with their children with them. And I don't know what, what part of this they don't understand is going to happen when you're committing a criminal act with your children with you. Now, by, by the way, I want to make sure that we uh, first of all, kick off with a really great uh, development uh, and that is the endorsement of Colonel Tony Minetti by none other than Sarah Palin. You, you know, uh, just uh, completely overwhelmed because the it's, it's not only Sarah Palin. There are so many other people that are reaching out to me now because they're looking at the at this race that could determine the balance of power in the Senate. Everyone that's listening needs to really understand what, what's at risk here. If we want to continue going down this path of just having the establishment throw money at the candidates that they say we need to vote for, then just be happy with what you've had in the past. But if you're willing to give a patriot, a veteran, a chance to serve again, that's not afraid to go up against the establishment elites hey, uh, and join our team. Colonel you know, Manetti, that's why you... Sarah Palin has endorsed us. Yeah. You know? Can you hold on for a second? Sure. Cason, uh, you've got a left hand, right? Mm-hmm. Pick up your phone. And do your texting with your both your hands so you're not pounding on my table in my studio while Colonel Manetti's talking about the endorsement of Sarah Palin. Because all I'm hearing is this. No, that's a shame. Man. On my table. I shouldn't do that. Use two hands and, 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 and text away. But I'm talking to Colonel Manetti about Sarah Palin. Colonel Manetti, I, I was a bad boy. Sorry, sorry to make you so uncomfortable, sir, uh, considering your service. Oh, that's funny. No, you know, that's... It, I love you, the fact that you guys are having fun. You know, I, I have uh, six core values. My fifth one is joy. And I got to tell you, number five, baby, when I hear you two speaking and having fun. And yet, you know, this is a serious topic. I yeah. know it's, uh, you know, we're at a crossroads in our country. We're just, why do you think a guy like me is running? It's because we're sick and tired of these people messing up our country. And now, you know, when we see these establishment people throwing all this money at candidates that don't have the heart in the race, uh, and then, but there's joy. Number five, when I hear someone like a Sarah Palin, you know, who's like, who's definitely more of a maverick type to say, no, you know what? We're not going to continue the same old song and dance. You know, this guy's got what it takes. 
She's coming out to support me. There's going to be a, a thousands of people in Kansas City Power and Light District, and I've asked no other than the person who's leading this show, Jamie Allman, to be our MC for that event. Do you accept that invitation, sir? Absolutely. The Kansas City. I get to go to Kansas City. You kidding me? <laughs> of course. I'd be. Oh, I'd be honored. And so we're excited to you know to have you out there and. Uh, you know, it's going to be a big event, and mainly it's for two reasons, uh, ladies and gentlemen. We we need to get, the, you know, obviously name, ID, and money. I, I, I can't keep up, Jamie, with the amount of people that want to sign for their yard, you know, Benetti for Senate. And that's because, you know, we, we're not having $50,000 chicken dinners or President Obama's not hosting a, a dinner like they did for Claire and, and Beverly Hills. So, look, this this is where I'm asking the people to say, look, this is this is where I need your help. And veterans, we don't like asking people for help. We usually prefer to just do our job and not be noticed. Uh, but right now, I need I need people to say, look, man, we're, I, this is June 27th, right around the corner. If you're listening to this and you, you want to help a veteran, not only am I asking to show up, and it's only $10 a ticket, by the way. I made it that way so that people, you know, the first, you know, 5000 that go, boom, you, you can lock it in. But then after that, there's not going to be more, you know, once they're filled up, then we're not going to be able to sell any more tickets. But there's also opportunities for pictures and VIPs, which is the fundraising portion of that, so I can purchase signs. So I am asking for people to, to help out because this is a turning point in the campaign. And, and uh, if we can continue the momentum and then beat the establishment candidate and then go on to defeat Claire, and then I'm going to go change Mitch. Wow. Dude, I, I'm telling you, though, uh, that's a pretty big development. Sarah Palin, I, 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 you know, Senator McCain made the huge mistake of deciding he was going to throw her under the bus uh, of late and say that she was the reason he he lost or was part of the reason he lost. When the reality is, to me, if it weren't if it weren't for Sarah Palin, he would have had the drubbing of a century. And I realize defeating Barack Obama was going to be hard anyway. Uh, but but he but Sarah Palin helped him more than hurt him, and she has a ton of respect uh, among people, conservatives, and people who promote common sense. And so this ought to be a this ought to be a beautiful event. And right there in the Power and Light District, which is a great example of what can happen when people put two and two together and take risks in terms of creating businesses and 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 developing and. And boy, St. Louis could u- certainly use that same kind of vibe because we're hurting down here, man. Yeah, no doubt about it. And you know, there's four people I think that could fill a stadium, um, you know, of people because of their. I don't. I don't know what you would call it. That they got that oomph, you know, where yeah. they, you may not agree with them on everything. Like, I, and I'll tell you, you're going to be surprised when I say this, but Bernie Sanders had that oomph. He could fill a stadium. I don't agree with his ideology at all, but he connected with young people. You know, Trump. Our president, boom, he's got that charisma. Uh, I think President Obama, to one sector or another, can fill the stadium, whether you agree with him or not. Sarah Palin is in that that league, in my opinion. And it's, and, and it's not only my opinion. It's, you, you know, anyone I talk to, they say they really can't wait to meet Sarah Palin. Well, guess what? You can not only hear her, you can have a picture with her, you can have a, you know, an opportunity to dine with her. But the main thing is to be part of a historic event where we're going to help a veteran Literally, I, 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 I believe this is a calling, Jamie, and that we're going to start a movement in America. And it starts right here in the heartland. And it's going to be like a David and Goliath story with this young guy. Well, I'm not necessarily that young, 54 years old, <laughs> uh, took on the establishment and then took on, um, 
you know, to change the culture in D.C. And then I'm going to go out once I'm the next U.S. senator. I'm going to come looking for other people that are businessmen and women, people that understand not politics as usual, that just want to be patriots and serve two terms, do their duty to serve the people, fix the problems at hand that are serious, address these border issues for once and for all, please. And now do your job and then get people to work together in this country again. I think that's what we lack. This, you know, I, I'm not a politician. You know that, Jamie. But you, you read some of these comments on Facebook and Twitter where they just rip apart people like for no reason. And, and they think it's just OK to do that. Look at these celebrities and the vulgar language they oh, use yeah. against our president. Can you imagine if anyone would have done that to President Obama? The outcry. Right. There's two standards in this world. Not anymore. We are now saying enough. We're going to go back to Judeo-Christian values. We're going to go back to respecting God and the rule of law. But we're also going to be a compassionate nation. If there's people that are seeking asylum in this country, we need to find out if it's true, vet them, and then help them. Because for goodness sake, we're all immigrants to this country. I know for certain my mother and father came here in search of the American dream, and they found it. But they took them five and a half years to become citizens. We need to embrace that part. And guess what, Jamie? I go out there and people are telling me, I got jobs I can't fill. I need people. But I, I was just with a trucking company last week. They got hundreds of trucks that aren't being driven. And they got people in Eastern Europe that want jobs here. They can be vetted, but it takes them six months just to be processed. There's chaos going on. So what we need is leaders that are going to target that chaos. And they're going to bring people together to fix the problems at hand rather than playing politics as usual. We're done and we're taking our country back. And I'm excited that you're going to be the MC because there's not only going to be great music, there's going to be a band. It, there's a lot more to follow. And I'm excited to say that after that, there's even more. <laughs> and, and the reason is, is that there's people are, are excited that we're taking our country back. And I'm grateful for the opportunity to work with you, Jamie, and others across America as we uh, do what needs to be done to restore the republic. Right on, brother. Now, I, I imagine there are a lot of people from St. Louis who are going to pop over there just to see Sarah. So uh, we'll make sure we get all the details uh, ultimately. Is there a place to find out all the information we need uh, regarding yeah. the uh, the event and how to get there and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, that's awesome, man. If you go to Minetti for Senate, you just think of the word money and get rid of the Y and add a TTI to it. Minetti, the number four, Senate.com. Boom, as soon as you go there on the top right, it says attend Palin event. Click on that. It'll give you all the details, the different options. And then, you know, you can uh, sign up and, and secure your ticket for $10 um, or do the, you know, the, the uh, other three options that you have, you know, gold, silver kind of uh, options. Or you could also go to uh, our Facebook page and, and uh, it'll link into there. But what, what I am asking is that. You know, Jamie, it's overwhelming. I, I wish you could be with me recently. I had these two older gentlemen from St. Louis. I'm going to ask them to try to get on your show. But they sang a song on uh, that you got to hear. And, and there's people like that that are just doing things that I would never expect, like moms and their kids painting signs, Minetti for Senate. Um, you know, I, I'm overwhelmed by the support from the American people. As I, all I did was follow a calling that God put this on my heart. And um, and I'm just uh, trusting and obeying and, and it's coming to fruition. And it's just I'm so grateful that American people are helping a veteran uh, who has a heart to serve again. And and uh, bottom line is we, we need to put different people in there and we need to have people that are not afraid to call it as it is. And, and I'm going to need people like yourself to help me get there. So thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for uh, 
taking right. the time to be part of the team. Yeah, brother. It ought to be a great, uh, great event. Kansas City's beautiful. And uh, congratulations on getting that endorsement uh, from Sarah Palin, Tony Minetti. Minetti for Senate.com. And it has all the information on it. We'll put it up in the comment section of the Facebook page. But people know where to go. And, uh, Tony, again, thanks for your time. And you and I will talk again, just uh, ironing out or whoever I need to talk to about the details of everything. And I appreciate you including me, man. You bet, brother. God bless you. And I'll, I'll see God you soon. God bless you, too. Okay, thank right, you. That's man. Tony Minetti Ciao. running uh, for Senate. So you going to come down there, too, Mark Kaysen? Where, Kansas City? Yeah, Kansas City. <laughs> It's a long way. Kansas City, yeah. here we come, right back where we started from. Yeah. Look, um, excuse know, me. I, I like this guy's passion. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And, and I believe from just hearing him, and I saw him and the other right-wing guys you had at that debate. Yes. Uh, they all seem like genuine, decent people. Yeah. Peter Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. Yeah. yeah. Terrific, nice guy. Like you know, like all these guys, here's the and and I, and I wish he wouldn't say. I hate when these guys say I'm not a politician. He is a politician. He's running for office, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with being a politician in the United States of America. That's what we do. We run for office and we try to win. We 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 want to change things in the government. Look, I don't think he's insane or anything i don't think he's a german i i mean there's the, i have no problem with him at all now donald is a madman that's and we're stuck with that for a minute but you know that'll change and 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 we're going to find out in four months if the democrats take control of the senate and the house there's no way okay i know you don't think so but we're going to know in four months and if they do we'll see yeah, there's no way. Okay. I, what will you say then? So if what, they do. What, if, the house, if, if they take over the... If they take the House and the Senate. No, they may not get the Senate. It's going to be close. I think they will. I hope they will. I hope they will. But they're not, they're not going to become... Clo- what, are they, what are they running on? Uh, honestly... Children in right fake now, stories about at, children in cages? At, at, the listen, Republican Party if, that have gone along like pimps of evil... If they'd have done Frank that, Schaefer going to be if, your big if, spokesman? If they'd have done this in Germany in the 1930s, we may have avoided World War II. Look, done you, what you in gotta Germany? Sta- you you got to stand up against Hitler. You have to stand up against a madman, Donald J. Trump. Mark, you, you must. know, you, there's no way but, you believe that this oh, you is know akin I do. to Germany. You know I do. I mean, Cages, your little personal Jesus Barack Obama deported a lot of people. Yeah. Look, I was against what that, those deportations. I support the Statue of Liberty. Read what but it the, says. But, but, That's but, what I the, believe. But, but, Mark, the Statue of Liberty. Give us the hungry and the poor. But, Bring but, them but, in. But the Statue of Liberty is not the law of the land. Nor is it the Constitution. Nor is it anything related to uh, established right. law. The Statue of it's Liberty was given. Right, it is, but yeah. but it's advertising for legal immigration. You keep in mind, you know, when Tony was talking about the Italians and heaven knows where you came from, but the, but Russia. there's a thing called Ellis Russia. Ellis Island where they came through in droves, and these people were thankful to be here, and 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 that's how we want to we need to operate. Now uh, we have a certain level of processing that goes here too, but again, you can't come across the border and commit a crime. 
uh, with your children in tow and not expect you to be arrested and your children to be separated from you. I don't understand. How is it remotely close to Germany? I don't understand how yeah. you're saying this. The, the, the only crime they've committed is attempting to get asylum. And then you've got this crazed. Oh, and now by, it's just, and by the way, and now by, it's asylum. That's what they want. Oh, come on! And, and you guys have way, come up with that word and, asylum. And by the way, Jeff Sessions. See, this is exactly. You wonder sometimes why I say the things I do about religion, and this is the only reason why. You get somebody like Jeff Sessions who stands up and talks about how we're going to make this into Nazi Germany, and he starts citing the Bible. See, that's the problem. When, who if, said it, it was we're going to make it like Nazi Germany? Yeah. No, he didn't. Yeah. He, he didn't say that. He didn't of course say he didn't. those no, words. I, 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 he yeah. said, Not those words, but... What he described to me is Nazi Germany. No, okay. Look, here's okay. the thing. Here's the thing. There, there is some craziness in Washington right now. It will eventually be gone. Maybe sooner, maybe later. We're going to find out. And you know what? If If... Your side wins in four months, believe it or not. Now, I won't support then, the Nazi stuff, but I will support everything because, you know what? Good. When people win in the United States an election, hey, that, that it, means something. Unless your name is Donald Trump. Then we hear He's Mark a, Cation talking about how no, he needs to go to jail for Russia one, stories. One time in our history, we got a madman, and so you have to fight him. But that doesn't mean you have to fight the Manettis, the good guys like that. You don't have Gone to fight. along like pimps of evil. Yeah. You don't have to fight all the, the good, decent Americans who just have different opinions. That's great. Right. But, 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 but Donald J. Trump is a dangerous here's the, lunatic. Okay, right, I mean, look. Okay, stop filibustering. Here's the me, deal. How about the, the lies? Listen, you can't just do you, do you care okay. about the lies? Okay. He lies every day. Listen to me. You can't just keep on filibustering and babbling on about Germany, about concentration camps, about this, about that. Now you guys are all calling it asylum. I mean, that's a bunch of bull crap, this idea of asylum. What are they fleeing? Murder in, in El Salvador, which is one of the most dangerous places in the entire world. Uh, you know, well, that, there's that, a process for seeking Honduras, asylum. Uh, and I mean, seeking it, asylum isn't just simply running over borders with your with your babies in tow. That's those kids, not those kids are ending up in those camps too. Well, and by the way, let me let me these mention aren't camps. Some, let me mention something else that you brought up. By the way, they, well, again, these are not camps. Okay. Listen. They're holding facilities. Why do you you guys have to call them camps? I call it a concentration camp. I <laughs> wish everybody you do. would I wish everybody look, our, many on the left are not saying this every day. They need to. But you know, you mentioned something about North Korea you know, giving us back the remains of the soldiers, okay? And that's a good thing. That's, that's, we should get... Thank you, should, Mark. You know, here's the problem. Donald, see, and this is why he, he's such a problem. Donald lied and said that he was, to, he was begged by parents of these North Korean uh, soldiers to, to, to get those, those remains back. There, there are no such parents, the parents of North Korean soldiers, if you add up the years, are over 100 years old. They're dead. He's lying. We know he's lying. He always lies. He lies every day. That's the problem. But let well, me maybe, maybe instead of what they're doing now is they could, they could simply vacuum these kids up and dismember them, and then you guys won't care about them anymore. 
Yep. Let's talk about it. Why don't we do that? We could do that. Let's but talk no, about no, no, David no, Hogg. No, 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 we will. I yeah. got to take a break and okay. then we'll come back and do it, okay? Yeah. Let me run the show here. You, you but here's it. the deal, though. You, you keep calling them camps. You keep calling these, them seeking asylum. And, 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 and the bottom line is if, if I went into a convenience store this morning and I had my three kids with me and I held up the convenience store, what do you think would happen to me and my three kids? They're, they're not holding up anything. They're trying to get asylum. Right. But, but what do you think would happen to me and my three kids? I would be arrested. Sure. And my kids would be separated from yeah. me. All right. There's no difference. And yeah, I, but and, your, and your you, wife you're violating come, the your law. Your wife would come and take care of the well, kids, I your family. And, but, but these people have nothing. But because, they're desperate. Because, because they're, they're violating the law and they're being pushed out by a bunch of blue-eyed Mexicans who don't want them there anymore. And they're coming to this country where they are mistreated, they are abused, they're not paid any kind of wages at all, they're living in the shadows. I don't know how you people can call this a humane act when you're inviting people over here, bringing them over here, they're existing as second-class citizens. They can't even call the police when they're attacked by anybody because they're afraid of being deported. They You're don't right. have decent jobs. You're right. They can't even vote. How is that, how is that humane? We can, we can change that. Right. We can change that can by change. legally documenting them and having them in here so they can vote, they're legal citizens, everything else. So I don't know how you guys think, because you keep quoting Jesus and, and I don't hu- quote humanity Jesus, and whatever me. else. Well, all, all these other goofballs do. Yeah. And they keep acting like this is the Christian thing. to It's unchristian of them to detain You never hear people. me say that. What's more unchristian than being a parent and dragging your kids into your crime-committing racket? I wouldn't put any religion into this, never, so that's out. And and as far as I'm concerned, we could we could help these these young people, yeah. these families come over we legally. Get, we can get the look. The asylum kids are being put in the camps too, so it doesn't uh, you know come over legally. Well, they're People trying to come camps. legally. They, they, I know they're not. They, they they're get coming to, illegally. They, they get to the place where they ask for asylum. They separate the kids and they throw everybody in jail and camps and then deport them and separate. Look, the come on. This is not right. We could send these people to college. We could send these people to to uh, job uh, opportunities where they, they learn how to work in the United States. And let me tell you, these families that come from other countries are so dedicated to working hard and changing their lives, not like a lot of Americans who just, you know, they, hey, we just all want a cell phone and, you know, yeah, you okay? what the heck? You guys need to get out there. So heaven forbid, hopefully they're not going to find an oven of any sort at these facilities out not. there where they're cooking for the kids yeah. once they're detained. I, ho- I don't talk about ovens. I heard them talking about showers. I don't even like to hear I don't like to hear any of those words. I, I look. But you you love to hear those words. Nah. Nazi camp, concentration camp. I mean, you you love hearing. What are you talking about how you don't want to hear those no, words? No, I really don't you just want to hear any of figure this. out a way to use I, them yet. I I want all of us to embrace these people legally. And we do. We could make it legal. Donald, here, look what Donald says. Donald says, hey, I hate this stuff. He says, all you got to do is give me the money for the wall. Stop committing a give crime. Me, wait a second. The money for the wall. The, the, first of all, I don't want a wall. There is a wall. There's been a wall since 1945. But you know what? According to him, Mexico was going to pay for the wall. Another lie. You know, the whole thing is ridiculous. 
Except for that it's hurting people. Well, That's the problem. It's hurting people who are committing crimes getting into this country, and they shouldn't be. We could and embrace and the parents, them. You would love them. The parents, I would love I, them. I'm, I'm, I do. I know a lot of them, but they're here legally. Okay, and the, and the fact of the matter is, it's inhumane to encourage this kind of activity. It's more humane for the U.S. to turn these people back and and force them to do something legal because then they're here, then they're tied to this country as citizens, as voters, as people who are protected by the police, everything else as it is now. They are not protected. They're in. Yeah, they, I agree. They, they are a subculture that we are encouraging. Republicans have been horrible about this, which is why it's so audacious for Laura Bush, whether it's her husband, her wife, his wife or daughter, I don't know who it is, but for Laura Bush to come out and talk about this after her husband helped create a massive illegal immigration problem here is insulting. We'll be back with Mark Kaysen and also what's going on. We're going to go local because David Hogg was in town and then they're going ape in in this Clayton school district over this stereotype thing. It's nuts. But, you know, Tony Minetti mentioned joy. This is the pain part. Just telling you. Find joy and pain, sunshine and rain. And rain. Mike, 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 bring me down. I have to fight to get back up. 
Move away because I just won't slack up. Joy, palm it I up, believe. palm it up. And pain. Come on, come on, here we go. Sunshine. What else, what else? And rain. Keep it going, keep it going. Joy. I believe that yeah, yeah. if you are going to palm use up, joy and pain, this ought to be it. But don't be doing joy and pain as a club mix, as a DJ remix. Smooth jazz all stars. You guys do this? Yeah, come on, people. Really? Kenny G. I mean, this beats the heck out of that last thing you were blasting across Aww. here. Is that rock and roll music driving you crazy? That's that's not rock and roll. You don't like those blacks singing the way they do, do you? Uh, I, don't, I don't like what I just heard. That was yeah. not my music. I'll tell you which is not Bob is. Dylan. Here, see your music, ladies and gentlemen. KTEL Records presents Zamfir, the master of the pan flute. 600 cassette tapes, yours for only one cent. Oh, you all remember the Lonely Shepherd, but do you also remember Panis Angelicus? You remember that one too, do you? All of you remember Blue Navajo, which come to us. Yes. The Brahms Lullaby. Zamfir. You remember this one, don't you? Everybody sing. Go to sleep. Marcason, leave me alone. Of course, we also remember the summer of 42. know Zamfir master the pan flute my friend I don't I no all this stuff is sounds nice I don't know the details do you know would what, you listen to the entire library of Zamfir master the pan flute pan would flute? I even if, just for one set would just I, to, I would and all you have to do is then agree to purchase the rest of the set that's going to come your way every month or so you know what Horton used to say about rap music what did he used to say about rap music? He, I mean, that's it's the reason why Horton was so unusual and, and such a terrific guy. He used to say, you know, every generation has its music. And then later on, years later, you know, you sit down with your, your wife or significant other. And you, you think about those days when you were young and the music you used to listen to. And he used to say, you know, I wonder how they're going to look back and say, darling, remember when we used to listen to, listen, you ho, you're a bitch. I mean, what, how, how is that going to work? I, I, just, mean, I figured if I could just let him keep going, we'd get that out of him. <laughs> how is that going to work? You know, it's just, okay, that's, if that's, you know. That's a future soundbite. That's sound your bite. music. That's a soundbite right yeah. there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to edit that when I get home. <laughs> we look at this and are sickened as any American who loves this country would be. So there are going to be repercussions for the Republican Party that have gone along like pimps of evil. Well, you 
You left wingers are potty mouths. Pimps. You just said whatever you just said there. Wow. It's, it's interesting how the how the more Zamfir played, the angrier Mark Hasen got. That's true. So now I, we know what triggers Mark is a little pan flute. Never know. Listen, I, are you getting do, mad? Do, do you ever go to um, to the symphony? Oh yeah, all the time. It's it's terrific. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah, that's random. You've seen Zamfir? No, I don't. I, listen, I don't Love even know. Us. You know, my my buddy Jim Berger knows all those all the music, but I just go and listen. So. Burger said hi to you, by the way. Hey, Mr. Burger, what's going on? Is that while you were? Is that what you were texting on? No, the, like, no. pounding on the no, table. S- students. This is a great story here, and we'll get to David Hogg in a second. I hope so. Uh, I, I I was looking for pictures of Stacy Newman with David Hogg. I thought maybe David Hogg would want to meet Stacy Newman because she's such a fantastic crusader on behalf of David Hogg. But I didn't see any pictures of her with him. Yeah, those those kids. And I say kids. Really, I'm, I'm very disappointed in them. Why? They're very, they're very, they're very uh, scared. I don't know what they're afraid of. And when I say scared, I mean, I didn't want to put them on. I didn't want to bring them into a studio where somebody was going to hurt them or anything. What I wanted them to do, and I, and I, I talked to them. I We're, didn't even know David Hogg was coming. I mean, no, I didn't know. I, 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 didn't I, know. I would have I gone down there yesterday and, and hooked up with him and they, said hello. They, and they, they did not tell me. Now, they they're, they write back and forth to me, but they're afraid. And here's what they're afraid of, because I, I, I suggested, I said, look, I've got students here, inner city, inner city young people who are, are learning how to be advocates for themselves, just like you're doing. And I think it would be really cool to connect some of these young people. I, I'd bring them up here into your studio, and they could, David Hogg could get on the telephone from wherever he is. I'd love and, to talk and to he him. Could, and he could talk with you and with, with a bunch of kids, and, and I think it would be really interesting. And afraid. Well, I disagree. I was afraid of. I was actually, uh, as I was even before all the firing debacle and everything else, I was fairly impressed with the, uh, the ability of these kids to get this movement going. I didn't agree. Sure. With uh, the, what some of their points they were making, but I have to tell you, I was I was fairly impressed with uh, with what was going on, which is why actually it led to this facetious tweet of mine that became a, a point of which got me fired for crying out loud. Even though it had, was wasn't even tweeting David Hogg or anything, it was yeah, just Sta- complete Stacey's, bull crap. Stacy's going to have a problem on this. I, oh, she I, will I, have a problem sure. on it. Uh, and, and and one of their problems too is that uh, David Hogg wants nothing to do with her. Because he knew that what this was all about was Rabbi Susan Talvey and the Reform Synagogue over there all going crazy because of my support of a certain candidate in the Parkway School District. And David Hogg knew, actually, that this had nothing to do with caring about David Hogg's feelings, caring about David Hogg as a person, uh, and it had everything to do with their little butt-hurt Parkway School District uh, school board race. And but, that's but what the, this is all about. And David Hogg knew know. that, which is why I'm telling you, I might be wrong, but David Hogg and Stacey Newman, you would think after all this, after all this big debacle, after all this big crusade, that Stacey Newman would have been like a like a like a, a important relegated invited guest 
at this thing, but she, I, I didn't see hide nor hair of her. Yeah. They, and I say they, I'm talking about Stacy, and you may say Susan Talvey, who's a very good friend of mine, and, and many others in the Parkway School District, they may have been really upset, maybe somewhat with you, and certainly with, with the, the candidate that ran there, which I told you that it would be a complete wipeout. It wouldn't even be close. She didn't have a chance in Parkway. They're, I don't know what they were all so you know, bent out of shape over because she was not going to win. And I have nothing against her either. And I know her husband also through a friend of mine, you know, nice people. Oh, yeah, you know, absolutely. Look, and, and, and see, here's, that's the problem in all this. It's so easy for people to jump up and down and say stuff about Jamie Allman. What do they know about Jamie Allman? Zero. They know nothing. I was talking to some people this weekend about you, and, and we were talking about, you know, your journalism and, 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 and all your awards. I mean, all these people who, I mean, they may have visions of something because they saw or heard somebody else say something crazy. Look, in, in the three and a half years that that television show ran, you did very professional, great interviews with lots of people, which you always do. And I gave more, I gave more time to liberals well, than any television station or truth? radio isn't station. Isn't that the truth that did. has ever done? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, except for the 60s. Well, yeah. they, they wanted – here's the deal. The purpose was to get me off the air because I was responsible for the biggest – hot poker treatment they ever received, and that was on November 8th of 2016, and they didn't like it. And they knew that as long as they got me off the air, they had nothing to worry about because once once they were able to get the the boy king up there at Intercom who got his his company from his daddy, uh, once they got him to to guilt into this, they were able to quiet everything down. You, You think that station over there right now has any balls at all anymore? How about you listeners? Think, those people, well, they don't. Have any <laughs> those people are on notice over there that any kind of straying from anything but milk toast republicratism is going to get them anywhere. Unfortunately, not. They, they're they're all on notice now uh, from from the the the, the uh, boy king from Philly, and and that's how it's working out there. Well, anyway. it's not going to work out, and and that's you know a good thing because you know you should have your voice and others should have theirs and look, which is such a big conversation, you know, with even my students, you know, like take Ben Shapiro, you know, Ben, you know, Ben Shapiro. You mean the Ben Shapiro? The, yeah. Yeah, I do. He's yeah. insufferable. Oh yeah. I can't stand him. Yeah. I can't, uh, you either. know, yeah. I, you know, and, and, you know, but a lot of these young people love him. Okay. They think he's doing something. You mean the never, you mean the never Trumper Ben Shapiro? He, I don't know. Is he a bent, never Trumper? Yeah, he's, a, he's real conservative, and he's well, real, supposedly. Yeah, he's he's if he's if you call the national, he's a National Review conservative, really. I, and, and I, he's and he basically has has gone back to his industry, which is his college campus free speech stuff. Well, and that's what I was talking about. I mean, look, there are some campuses in this country who do try to shut people down, and that's a bad thing. I don't care who they are. Let let people come and speak, and especially. At a college, what are you talking about? That's where people should be able to exchange ideas respectfully, and and you know that's 
what we do here. What's wrong? By the way, then let's let's move on here. Yeah. What's wrong with parents in Stacey Newman's district? By the way, uh, eighth grader Tim Butler knows that when his white classmates preface their questions with to him with, "I'm not trying to be racist," but they're getting ready to say something racist. Tim and classmate Tyler Gant, who are both African American and both attend Clayton's White on Middle School, can rattle off lists of microaggressions, which include offensive jokes or stereotypical assumptions they've heard from white students about their race. Oh, you have a dad? That's surprising. Oh, I ain't like that, homie. So, by the way, what is wrong with the white liberal students in Clayton? Because, I mean, to me... I would never imagine that coming out of a young person's mouth, oh, you have a dad, that's surprising. Like, what's wrong with the white liberals no, no, in Clayton th- and raising think, their children to talk like that to black I don't people? Think, I don't think they are. But, oh, but you I'm, think this but, is a lie? Well, I don't, there are a lot of lies that are told, by the way. But, but also, I'm glad you said black because all this African-American talk is another point. You know, there's, there's, there's one that Horton used to say all the time. All these people talking African-American, who... Who's been to Africa? All right. I mean, they, exactly. I, okay, was just so, quoting, I was quoting an no, article. No, I know you were. Okay. I know. Okay. No, you but, need to, but, you need but to... they are black. Okay. In this, Kaysen, in this country, in I'm, this time, okay. they're black. All right. This is getting frustrating because you're, you're babbling on. Go ahead. Okay. And I'm trying to move to a different direction with Go a story ahead. I'm doing in Clayton, but you keep on babbling on. Look, this is Educators for Social Justice. That's, Wait, that's okay. who this is. Like I said, calm down. Yes. The headline is Clayton students ask their teachers to help squelch stereotypes at school. So the story goes on and on about these microaggressions. And it says it's not just students who have assumed or flaunted racial stereotypes about them, the teen said. White teachers have assumed they were in a gang, assumed they needed extra tutoring. Heaven forbid you offer somebody uh, extra curricular help. I mean, that's, that's a terrible microaggression there. Or didn't believe them when they said they came to school late because of a doctor's appointment. Now, again, Clayton and, and the white down and all that kind of stuff, they're all the Stacey Newman pooped out of her rear end kind of uh, liberal philosophies. And how is it possible that, that in one of the most liberal school districts, I'm reading a story about how racist – White teachers are and students are. And what's crazy about the story, Mark and, and Phil, is that, is that the story is in some way so how, so, supposed to like talk about microaggressions, but the writers and the people involved in the story, it it's, doesn't occur to them that they're really telling us how racist a bunch of liberal white kids and liberal white teachers are. White people have a lot of problem with racism, but it's not the kind of racism that everybody assumes. It's not Bull Connor with a bunch of dogs on the street and, and fire hoses. We're not doing that. It's not racism at all. It's yeah. stereotypes and prejudice. The, yes. Racism is a trigger word. We yeah. shouldn't use it. We that, shouldn't use it. No, it's perfect. Dead. Perfect. Dead. Well, you know, look, here's the thing. You know a racist? The, yeah, not that kind of racist. Okay. What, what kind of racist not is the, that? Not the Bull Connor racist. There's okay. only one kind of racist, yeah, No, Mark. no, no. There's lots there's of different. There's prejudice and there's stereotypes. Well, and there's, there's racism, which is, you know. Racism is part of, uh, there's an institutional racism in this country that that needs to be fought against. But it's not anybody that really wants to hurt black people directly. It's that they don't even realize the ways 
in which we do hurt blacks and Latinos and others. Address the situation, though, again, uh, because to me, the people who are the biggest problems in this country when it comes to our politics and indeed our culture are white liberal guiltists who actually, it turns out, are more racist than even Donald Trump is because – I'm reading a story here, and, and again, it's so funny because the post it doesn't even occur to the Post-Dispatch that they're giving me 18 column inches of a, an article describing how racist people are in the Whiteown Middle School. Do you know, let me th- I mean, I, I'm, 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 I, it's shocking to me because I guarantee you every single one of these people at the Whiteown Middle School, believe me, they're all a bunch of uh, liberal offspring. There's a lot of liberals and, and, there. And the teachers are all liberal. And yeah, I'm reading an entire story about how racist everybody is. Yeah. Well, let me say this, because maybe this will shock you. Maybe not. I have left-wing, very far left-wing professors at UMSL that I'm friends with who are absolutely not racist. I mean, they're the opposite. And they say they're racist. They say I'm. They say I'm a racist. We're all racists. Hmm. I understand. I know what they're trying to say, but I argue against them all the time. I say, look, you're you're conflating things here that really it, it confuse the entire world. Because look, you're not a racist. I mean, come on. You do everything that you can imagine to try to make people, you know, equal and fair and and trusting and and honor each other and, and, and honor cultures, and, and you call yourself a racist? They do it because what they're trying to do is they're trying to convince everybody that we're all, we all have racism in us. And i got to tell you something. Some of us aren't racist. Some I would, aren't. I would never send my kids to this Clayton Whiteown Middle School. It's apparently, it's just chock full of a bunch of white liberal racists. Yeah, what do you think the parents well, of those children thought when they read the article exposing them? As basically white. Because yeah, I mean, I went to a school in U City where I was a minority there. It was like 80% black. And I wouldn't have ever said, oh, you have a dad. That's surprising. So maybe actually the problem is these white people, these white liberals all congregate together and don't get out much. I don't know anybody who's saying things like that. I, well, I'm, 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 I'm sure I'm quoting, somebody said it. I'm quoting Ed, your Edgar R. Murrow friend here, yeah. uh, um, Kristen Takeda, who wrote the story. Well, she's just quoting what she's been told anyway because she's a journalist and she does the, she does that properly. Okay, so, well, but, but this, you're now, now when confronted with this, you're just saying it's a lie, but that's not true. I, I, I'm saying that that is not a major problem in Clayton School District where people do honor each other and their cultures. I'm and, told I'm told here in this story in yeah. 17 column inches that it, it's a big problem because you know what happened? I is, read it. Um, well, they, 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 the three groups of white out students organized their own equity training sessions this spring. One was given by black boys. Can you say that? One was by black girls and one by students allied with or part of the LGBT community. Yeah. Well, and there's a problem, too. All over the country, the, the mistreatment of people from the LGBT community. So that's another issue out here in the country. And look, we don't have people out maybe beating them up, 
but they are uh, mistreating them, uh, being unfair, uh, saying things, you know, the microaggressions, that's real. That's real. When was the first but, time you heard the term microaggressions? Was that being tossed around back at, in the day? At the university. Back? Not in the day. No, okay. that's new. They had to explain it in that's the Post-Dispatch article. What, what, okay, microaggressions are comments or actions that reinforce stereotypes and build a sense of separation. I'm, I feel like I'm reading a, a, a film strip. Separation in groups such as people with disabilities, people of color, or people who are LGBTQ. Microaggressions can be unintentional or unconsciously expressed. Boy, th- th- there's no out from that. There's no out. <laughs> Have you ever met a minority racist? Well, yeah, they're all over MSNBC. Well, mm-hmm. wait a second. Mm-hmm. Samuel just, Jackson's no. a racist. No, you can. First oh, of all, it depends on what you consider the, the meaning of that word to be. Who's that calling you from Kansas City? Yeah, probably your people arranging the... the Sarah Palin yeah. visit? Yeah. <laughs> and No, look. Uh, <laughs> I was just curious if you come across in academia, especially. You were, you were talking about professors that you know who, oh, that, who may, say that they, they are racist, to, you know, yeah. but that you, know, you, know, you don't think that they really well, are. They're are, not. are any of them black they're or clear. minority minorities? Look, racism is about power and oppressing people, and black people don't have the power to oppress mm. any of us. So they don't really... That's because there aren't enough of them. Yeah. Okay, uh, well... And, and, and actually, when, when, if you ask some, some individuals, like if you ask like a kid, and I did this one time, I, because I, I personally believe, and I'm, I'm not saying this disparagingly, I personally believe if you look at our culture, our media, Hollywood, movies, music, blacks are actually overrepresented. Well, would you agree I mean, with that? Because that's fact. I know. I, that. I, I got a better one for you. Mm-hmm. Forget them. They sure they are. I mean, I'm Jewish. Jewish people are way overrepresented in everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lenny Bruce used to say, "There are so few Jews. How do you even find one? There are only six million in the United States. So yeah, there there are groups that are overrepresented in ways. And I'll tell you something." Oh, when you say overrepresented, I mean, do we have to? Does everybody have to be the percentage that they are in the country? No. Well, that's the point. But but what I'm saying is, but 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 the fact of the matter if is, got, if it, they've got talent, they've got talent. I mean, the fact of the matter is, man, I, it sounds to me like you know, in terms of jobs, in terms of uh, in the corporate world and in the media world and. Everything else, blacks have it pretty good. They they actually, well, if you're black, t- you can move. Not at the top, not at the top of the corporate world, of course. To, well, to the contrary, and I tell you something else, more in line with the population. At that yeah, point. well, probably not. Bless you. Much lower. How about this? Go into the stock brokerage business, the the financial industry. I can tell you right now, this has been true since I got into it long ago, and even today, very low levels of black participation in the business. I can't tell you why. I, I, part It's racism, for sure. That has to do with it. Uh, and the Supreme Court supports something called affirmative action to try to remedy this. And we, we're working on it as a country. Uh, we have problems. Yeah. Well, it's too bad that we have to have quotas because, I mean, I think quotas are – um, terrible because uh, because because they're not representative. No, of we shouldn't have quotas. Anything, you know, I mean, and and even affirmative action seems to me to be it's about uh, something questionable. I mean, well, it depends. I mean, um, clearly these individuals who are in Clayton, there's not 
there isn't a diversity there. There's 62% white in the, in the white out middle school, as far as I can see. And maybe that's the problem. Maybe, maybe, maybe white liberals are, um, are a problem. Maybe that's a, that's, that story tells me that white liberal kill kids are pretty bad. Oh, I don't think they're bad. I think that what we need to do is find sometimes better ways to address some of these problems that we have. And, and, and it's, it's an ongoing process. You've got to think about what you're saying and think about who you're saying it to and, 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 and try to be genuine. And, and look, genuine is a big, important word. And, and going back to, to you, I mean, you are a genuine good person. And Stacey Newman, does, I mean, have you ever met her? Oh, I voted for her. Okay. I mean... You kidding me? I mean, what, what's her problem? I mean, she really... She blew this one big time because, I mean, what, what was she talking about? Who was sexually assaulting or threatening to assault anybody? She knew better. What was that? Was that an attack on Donald Trump? Because let me tell you, she better worry about Donald and, and not worry about a top journalist. That's yeah. BS. She, the problem is she did know better, but there was no one there to rein her in. Uh, and specifically, she could have used some legal advice, but there was no one there to rein her in. Much like there was no one there to rein in the corporate cowards at Intercom and Emmis and at 97 one. Uh, and, and there's no way to rein in the journalists out there who will print a headline that says that another person threatened to sexually assault somebody when there is actually no basis in fact. And the only way to actually teach these people a lesson and to prevent it from happening in the future is to fight them to the death on the matter. And I mean virtual death. Yeah, see, case you, you, idiots yeah, out I know, there trying right. to you know, Say a uh, word. do that, but, 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 and, and it's, it's, it's to fight them, which is why I'm suing them and, and why I'm going to prevail and, and teach them a lesson, uh, in terms of, of what they're doing. And hopefully I'm doing this, uh, for people in the future who are going to be victimized by these cowards that we see all over the place and by people who abuse their power like Stacey Newman. But I want to make this point. Because I, I have said before, and I do believe this, there is a very excellent chance that we may be sitting in a courtroom in the, in the United States Supreme Court in Washington, D.C., listening to the arguments in this case someday. Because let me tell you, you know, I know these cases very well, and there are cases far less important than yours that have ended up in the Supreme Court. And, and this may affect his life in, a, in an incredible way. And you may be a very famous person, but I do want to remind you that on the day that this is decided, and I do think that it, if this is something that could be decided you know, very significantly in your favor for very important reasons having to do with government overreach, it'll be the liberals who will be voting on your side, I do think. But we'll see if it even we'll gets see, that because far. Because I guarantee you, I guarantee you, the ACLU oh. will not be helping no. me. Don't on say that. Don't say that. I kind of know what you mean. The the, the ACLU classic, lib classic the, liberals yeah, would. Yeah. yeah the the ACLU supported Nazi rights to march 
in Skokie, Illinois. The, the ACLU supports the rights of Nazis in the United States. So don't, I mean, you're a journalist. You're not a Nazi. You're not anything. You're a journalist, a professional journalist who the government came after and removed from the airwaves. You, you belong in the Supreme Court. Well, here's the thing. And, and, and Dershowitz has opined on this before. And it's the difference between um, what, a, what a boycott is and, and whether or not certain boycotts are defensible under the First Amendment. And it has been established through lower kinds of rulings that, and other legal opinions that boycotts designed to snuff out other forms of speech are not defensible under the Constitution, uh, under, the, under the First Amendment. And that can be easily adjudicated and, and easily proven that, in fact, Rep. Stacey Newman, as she idiotically decided it was going to be her title as she appro- appro- approached this. Absolutely. It's going to be the government organized your boycott. Right. I mean, this it's one thing. If I go out and I say, let's boycott a, a, a television show or something. Well, that's me. I can do it. You can do it. We can. That's fine. The government organized a boycott against Jamie Allman. That is trouble. Um, it's pretty significant. That's for sure. And, and, and you know, you don't want to lay out the case or give them uh, any heads up. Oh, but believe certainly me. They, they don't, they know. A heads up won't hurt, help them at right, all. Right, I know. It won't. Yeah. Uh, and and, that, and that, that's the biggest case here uh, that people forget is that there are – it's not a matter of limitations to free speech. This, this was you, – you'd have to establish – uh, you have to claim that what was going on was a free speech movement, and it really actually wasn't a free speech movement. Uh, and not to mention the fact that you also had a sitting state rep and a government that actually regulates the very people they were demanding leave the show. So you have individuals who are state representatives and state government officials who oversee regulation of, oh, let's say the real estate business, or they oversee the regulation of financial individuals. They oversee the regulation of insurance companies. They oversee the regulation of construction companies. They oversee the regulation of uh, mortgage companies. They oversee the regulation of people who are in the health field. And so when these individuals decide as a state representative or a matter to publicly call out a company they actually oversee regulatorily, what do you think that company is going to – how do you think that company is going to respond? Now, thankfully, uh, very few of them actually did respond, uh, which is kudos to them uh, because they were not – they were not – uh, intimidated by this person who was clearly trying to intimidate them through through her title and her office, but they were not intimidated. And the ones that actually did did leave, and again, this is a big deal because we've, we've talked about this before. But one thing you have to understand about the three advertisers who wound up leaving. One was the Gelman team, Mark and Neil Gelman, who actually are going to wind up 
helping me uh, in this endeavor because they have information, and unless they're going to lie in a deposition, they have information about uh, how this whole thing went down and how they landed, uh, how they wound up uh, leaving. Um, And, of course, we also have a message from them uh, from the actual Monday before I was fired by the radio station where they wanted to come back as advertisers. In fact, unfortunately, and I'm sure Mark and Neil are finding this out for the first time, um, I was thinking that I was not even going to have them back because of the fact that they made a big stink about this whole thing. And I was actually going to go to Tracy Ellis and say, hey, you want to be my, you know, but we have that. And then you had Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, which was actually, and two organizations were run, who were repped by the same person. Her name is Joan Berkman, who is a friend of Stacey Newman's and a Ledoux Newsy type chick. You know, she's out there. She does her marketing, does her all of her stuff. And Joan repped two companies, the Ruth's Chris Steakhouse as well as Palm Health. And uh, so two of those companies repped by her, one, Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, basically paid me in gift certificates. I still have them. Hook it up. Like, you think they canceled them? I like them? some steak. <laughs> they, they, I'll, try, I'll try and let you know from texture from the restaurant. If I'm eating a steak, I'll take a picture of it. Okay. I'll give it. I'll give it one to you, and you can see whether they cancel it out or not. I'm on it because I'd have to know because I actually uh, um, gave a couple to the asymmetrics guys who uh, helped protect me during the uh, debate. Yeah. But then, and then and then Palm Health actually didn't want to leave. Right. Uh, they in fact, in fact, there was not one bill they didn't pay. Meaning, meaning, even after they supposedly left the station, they continued to to spend money there up until the time they were also going to decide because Palm Health was going to stop doing radio anyway. They had a different passageway to, to to so this was an experiment for them. So it was Joan Berkman who uh, who was responsible for two of the three people leaving, uh, and indeed uh, maybe even three, but we'll find out when. When the Gelmans are deposed, but that, but at that, the that behest be... of Stacy Newman, uh, yeah, yeah. See, that's you know, and 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 that's where they are. Look, three. It was only three, but you know what? Everybody in the the broadcasting on the broadcasting side caved in and and ran for the hills because of those three. Three's enough. Stacy Newman, if she got three people to to even raise the the possibility of leaving. And then the the broadcasters went nuts. Hey, the government did this. And the Post-Dispatch went to its editorial accusing me of threatening to sexually assault David Hogg, which actually, it turns out, they had to change their language in subsequent reporting, which, of course, they're idiots, because once you do that, you're incriminating yourself. Mm -hmm. And so even Joe Holloman, I'm going, well, Joe Holloman, how how come now you say that I was criticizing David Hogg? And he said, well, because uh, I said, thank you for not saying I was threatening sexual assault. And he goes, well, actually, I went to the paper. I said, stop using that terminology. It's inaccurate and wrong. And they stopped it. And libelous, which is which is which is kind of bad when you stop doing something because you're yeah. you're you automatically have incriminated but yourself. The, but the post but, the post could say anything, as stupid as it was, they could say it and and they could be wrong. 
And look, that, that's the whole thing about free speech. All of us can go, go after each other, and you're a public figure. We can, I can say about you. You can say about me. We can all do that. But I can't. Not but I, the government. Right. But, not Stacy. But but I will. Right. You're right about that. But I will differ with you on the on the the public figure aspect uh, because you would be a public figure too. Let's say I still can't go and accuse you. Oh no. Of threatening to sexually assault somebody if, if I you don't didn't. have proof. Right. No, that that's true. Did. That's true. If there's no complaint, if there's nobody that's saying you did yeah. it to them. Or yeah. on, you know, whatever. It's just, it's or, or if you even if you if you didn't particularly even address somebody, how they'll, is it? now you could make they'll the case, parse the language. Yeah. They'll try to right. argue. You know, I, the the post is probably safe, but Stacy is far from safe, and and she could end up at that hearing in Washington D.C. I I hope she does. She belongs there. This is a major free speech case, and it needs to go forward. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, that, on that we can agree, my friend. Yeah. And, and let me say, you know, this is you, you, you keep saying, well, we've talked about this. Well, that's all right. This is okay. This should be talked about. Facebook this, likes it when you talk like well, this and not when you say cages. Or camps. Camps, not real popular on the Facebook. Hey, but right now they're loving, they're loving the education right now. Unfortunately, we have concentration camps. We need to. And they're not concentration camps. And we're dropping. Oh well. <laughs> Did you? Um, yeah. And then he, then he, then when he was he stuck on this whole thing because then he said when he when he, when he, he said what the what the Jewish population is. Yeah. You asked, he six million. Yeah. Right. It's like you have all this Nazi stuff on that your was brain. Just... No, we only have six million. There's six million here. There's six million in 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 uh, Israel, and there's another million around the world. There's 13 million Jews the in the entire world. That, yeah, in get, the world. Ready. Like, get, in ready. The get ready. Get ready. United States. Get ready. 13 million Jewish people in the entire world. Right. That I did know. Yeah. In the world. Good. Way smaller than. You know how many Muslims? I like Jewish people. You know how many Muslims there are in the United States? Hmm. Um, Give me a eight guess. Million. Okay, nice guess. Three, is... three million. Oh. Three million. Okay. Jewish people have balls. Five Most of them do. Four million. The real in ones. 2012. What is know. it? 5.4 yeah. in 2012. Okay. But why'd it's you come up with six. six million? It's roughly six. But it's closer to five. Okay, five. But you had to say six because you, had, to, you yeah. had that Look on you. your brain. You're That's... so funny. Anyway, it, it's, it's very few. It's very few. And, and three million Muslims. There are 40 million-plus black people, 40 million-plus Latinos. Are there 40 million black people? Can you Google that, uh, too? 13%, right? Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. Oh. Was that 40 million? Uh, Again, no. I'm a 2.6-er. No. I'm not David Hogg. No, I'm not no, a 4.2-er. No. no. I'm dumber than David Hogg is. Well, 12 <laughs> times 3 would be 36. So it's th- that would make 36 Uh-oh. to They're 40. It's right around 40 million. Yeah. 37. Oh wow! Okay. Okay. Well, look at you. Are you going to be the state demographer when clean <laughs> Missouri passes? I don't know anything. Finally, I love this. Did you see that? Um, that uh, that. Uh, fish classic. Am I saying that right? The blobfish classic. Say. That's what yes. it's become to known. It's now in the history books, whatever you call it. Late night host Jimmy Kimmel going one on one with Texas Senator Ted Cruz. And it was all for a good cause. And ABC's Marcus Moore has more from Houston. 
The build-up epic between late-night funny man Jimmy Kimmel and Texas Senator Ted Cruz. Notice how they're just absolutely, they're going to take forever. This is a two-minute and 13-second piece. And you already know, you, you, you actually haven't determined yet who won this match because they don't want to tell you until the very last moment because Kimmel was embarrassed by Ted Cruz. I mean, it wasn't very high of a score. Well, this will be Ted Cruz's second most embarrassing loss to a TV host. <laughs> Under no circumstances will Jimmy dunk on me. Setting the stage for a battle that quickly became a true test of strategy and stamina for the men who are just a bit past their prime. Senator Cruz, 47 years old. Kimmel, 50. Their one-on-one -on -one match to raise money for two Texas charities and settle a score after this comment during one of Kimmel's nightly monologues. He looks like a blobfish. What's your key move? Uh, you got like a killer crossover. You got. Are you good in the paint? You have a I good have no, J. I have no actual moves. <laughs> this game's gonna take forever. <laughs> and it did. Nearly two hours of air balls, blocks, and misses before the senator, who was favored to win, scored the eleventh and final point, leaving with the coveted trophy. Uh, there he is with the hardware there. <laughs> how was how was Ted Cruz favored to win? Where'd that come from? Congratulations to you, Senator Cruz. <laughs> the former high school varsity basketball player reliving his younger days. For two guys in our 40s and 50s, we beat the living daylights out of each other. You look a little winded. I, I, I think both of us are going to sleep like babies tonight. We're going to pass out. Yeah. Ted Cruz won that. Jimmy Did they say two hours of playing and a score of 11? 11 and 9. Yeah. In two hours? Yeah. 11 points. Yeah, man. Yeah. They only... They were doing the, half points. The contest that counts... Four four months plus close. Um, where uh, we'll see. Okay. By the way, where do you see? Where are you seeing this victory? The the the, the takeover of. Are you saying that Democrats are going to crawl to the polls if they have to to vote, and Republicans will vote like yeah. they do in midterm elections yeah. all the time. The turnout is going to be huge on the Democratic side. Because everybody wants to get rid of this lunacy. Right. But see, here's the, th here's the difference, we'll though. Here's the difference, and this is important to note. This is a different midterm uh, for Republicans because uh, Republicans are super highly motivated to keep things the way they are. Back in the day, you know, when Obama was elected in 2009 uh, or like 2008 and then 9-10 came along, Republicans swept, okay, uh, because Republicans were motivated to go to the polls and Democrats were just fine with their, their guy. We are just fine with our guy, but we're so just fine with our guy that we're going to make sure he stays where he is and, 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 and supported by good Republicans. So we I are going to find out. We're, we're going we're, we're to have a motivation standoff here. Four months, and I do we're believe Republicans know. are very highly motivated. I, I, well, I don't, think, I don't think as much, but we're, we're going to see. But I talk to Democrats all the time, and I say to everybody, and they all agree, if we don't come to the polls in huge numbers like in no other election, in other words, this has got to be like a, a, a national presidential election if we don't come in those numbers we deserve what we get really yeah you do that you're right you deserve everything you get anyway <laughs> probably so just for the fun of it yeah mark Kaysen, how are we doing on your show by the way 
You we're get, doing get it. something together? Yeah. In the cage with Kaysen. In the camp. Camp Kaysen. I don't think we're going to use just those words. Just, yeah, just, yeah, that's, yeah. That's are a you, good are one. You, it's awesome. Are you making progress? In I'm, the, yeah, okay. I'm ready. All right. Okay. I mean, you always want to meet. I don't, I don't meet with people. I, no, I know you don't. Listen, Tell me about it. Years, all we do is text, except for when we get together and do this, which is great. Actually, it, it probably made what we did better than ever because too much talking is not good. When people say they want to go get coffee or lunch, yeah. I just absolutely pell-mell haul ass the other way. Yeah, I know you do. I know you First do. of all, why people suggest that I would want to go to for coffee after being on the air for three, maybe four hours drinking coffee <laughs> is beyond me. I, I can't and then, tell and then, you. And then, and then, and then, why somebody? I just don't want to eat with people. I really don't. Lunch to me is a is a horrible event. You know, I don't do it. I don't eat with people either. I meet them at the restaurant at the pancake place. Yes, and they eat. And I don't. I've and you get seen it to it. go mm-hmm. eat it in the car. No, I, I I stay there. I stay there hours and work. And when everybody's gone, I eat. But yeah, that's. I had a good lunch the other day though. It was entertaining with a couple of guys. Who who um, might be part of the, the uh, Radio Free Almond future? So that was good. That was fine. Listen, but the Radio Free Almond future is going to be tremendous. It's 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 going to be great. Let's get hash browns. I'm ready. Yeah, <laughs> I'm starving. That was the best Phil hash browns. Came, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Jamie doesn't like hash browns. And, and I have to tell you, you know, I, that's another thing. I mean, you know, it's a, a, a burger thing. If if somebody recognizes you, I mean, that represents X number of people watching. Yes. Because let's face it, do we care about, I mean, we care about audience. I mean, that's this business. And and the thing is, uh, if you if you're if you running run around the city and everybody sees you, then what that tells you is that. That they were watching. We had hugely high we had, ratings. We on had that numbers. All the reports show that we had numbers. Wheel of we had numbers. We going to bring that back. You say you, you claim that there's some people in TV. Oh, it's in that. It, listen. Everything's coming back. You're. This is going to grow. That's coming back. No, I'm sure it's coming back. All those people, the television stations, they don't know if they're fired right now. I know because they don't know who owns them. Yeah. But th- this will get sorted out quickly. Yeah. Oh, by the way, really quickly though, I want to give you an update though um, on the on the other thing that we're doing, and, and, I, and I, I know that we just played the theme, but I forgot to tell you that we actually, my attorneys, uh, because because the big point about the whole changeover thing, and, and this is, I'll be brief about this because I I haven't really talked a lot about this, is that you see, Emmis sold to Entercom, right? Uh, and they had what's called an LNA, which is a, kind of this this changeover agreement. But, but I was still at the time of my firing by Entercom, I was still employed by Emmis. Emmis still had my contract, and Entercom did not. They were operating the facility and the area, but I, my contract had not been changed over because the, the transfer hadn't officially happened because the licensing hadn't, be offici- hadn't been officially approved. So I was still technically an employee of Emmis. So that's why Entercom, when they wanted to get rid of me, wanted me so desperately to sign 
this severance thing and 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 lie about mutually agreeing to part because they knew they didn't have the authority to fire me. So what they wanted me to do was off myself because they knew they were, first of all, violating FCC regulations, which they already have done. How much that's going to cost them, I don't know. But keep in mind, the deal was only for $15 million. You know that, right? They, only, they bought 97.1, which is now a pretty damaged property. And, and, and they bought 97.1 and, and, and 96.3 or whatever it is. They bought that. Uh, but but for fifteen million dollars, so who knows how much of a of a of a fine they're going to have to pay for violating the agreement? On top of that, they also came up with a um, they also um, came up with a with a, uh, a a company. I remember this. It was mm-hmm. Entercom Missouri LLC, yep. which actually was a fake company. Because the company wasn't even registered with the state of Missouri when they gave me this piece of paper. It wasn't even registered with the state of Missouri, so they faked this paperwork knowing that they actually didn't have the authority to fire me. So ultimately, when I said, pound sand, mm-hmm. suck it, I'm not going to take your money, I'm not going to lie, it freaked them out. That's right, because if you just signed it. All the if I just signed away. it, none of it would have been a deal, yep. but I didn't sign it, so it freaked them out because they were so inept, and, 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 and they, they, they clearly had no idea what they were doing. And, and so uh, then what happened is they have subsequently, then we filed a petition with the FCC to review their licensing agreement um, and their, their, what their, their, their whole agreement there's a possibility in the worst-case scenario for them that actually the FCC rejects the takeover, which would mean that Entercom is here, 97.1 is there, but, but they don't have the station. It's actually MS that has to go back and, and take the station back over and figure out a way to sell it. And all this legal wrangling is good. But here's the thing. So then if I'm MS, I'm suing Intercom for ruining my my property. No, that's exactly right. And by the way, those numbers, uh, and I haven't seen them, but I'll tell you right now because I know the numbers are down, and they're going to keep being down, and they've got a problem because you were their flagship show, and they made a dumb business decision. Well, and one that ultimately is going to be more costly. And and then what we discovered, too— is that they actually, through this process, have, although, I don't know, I shouldn't say it, because we, we I, I shouldn't, I'm not going to just divulge that, because we're going to use that ultimately, but, um, so there's this whole specter going on with the FCC that, 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 that they have to deal with now, because they, they clearly, vi- now, the FCC could either say, okay, um, you violated this, here's your fine, but we're still going to let the transference go through. Or they can say, no, you violated FCC regulations. There's no way we can let this go through. And then everybody is dicked, except me. Yeah, because they may want to hear the resolution of this before they agree, the FCC, before they agree to anything. They may. They may. Right. So um, meanwhile, they've got 
$800 an hour attorneys, $1,000 attorneys working on this, and they only bought a station for $15 million. It's the United States of America. That's so why we're so working. great. This is the greatness of our country. Yeah. It is. And David Field is so arrogant, the CEO of Intercom, that he'll, he'll bankrupt <laughs> He'll bankrupt a station just just to, just because because you you know a guy who got his company from daddy uh, at his bar mitzvah isn't going to sit there and, and 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 give in very quickly. So David Field is never going to agree to anything because he was wrong, but he's too much of of a of a uh, of a self absorbed uh, boy king. That he won't, he won't ever admit he made a mistake. Yeah, but again, this is just a guess. But I'm guessing that, you know, because I know they don't like you. I mean, personally, they never liked you. They never liked you because you were their competition and you were killing them on KMOX. So not liking you, I, I guess he thought this was a brilliant move. But he's only hurting himself. How dumb. Yeah. Well... I do know they've always wanted to have baseball on an FM station. Sure. Why not? That's what they do. They did it in Chicago. They, yeah. If they, they could get it. Had sure. AM, FM, simulcast. Yep. So we'll see how that goes. It's been nice seeing you guys. It's been really Same. lovely seeing you too, mm-hmm. Mark Hasten. We went a little longer than normal. Yeah. Thanks for being with us this long, though, Mark. Oh, now look at him taking wow. his headphones off. Wow. Like it's over. Mic Listen, I got everybody. Places to go, man. Yeah, they're all uh, after me. That's Mover. all right. What, 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 they're texting you saying, good job? They want me. Pancakes. No, no, Pancake business. Okay, buddy. All business. right. All right. Check it out. RadioFreeAlmond.com. We still have swag, though. Your T-shirts and your hats and all that kind of stuff. And I got to figure out a way to unload these bumper stickers. You want to take some with you to the International House of Pancakes? Mm-hmm. Or where is you it know you know the, again? Yeah, no, yeah, you're funny. International House of Burgers, by the way. Oh, right, what, yeah, I know. That's yeah. what the, it's the yeah. IHOB. Yeah. Yeah, but the original Pancake House, which is a phenomenal restaurant, again, Phil will tell you. Yeah. It's awesome. No BS. Have you ever eaten there? Where is that? Well, it's a, it's you have One's, one's in, in Ledoux, and the other one is in Chesterfield. Oh, okay. And, and the thing about it is that the, the guy who runs it is the most brilliant business person and has, I mean, he has done, he has used basically, I mean, Republican principles for, you know, running this brilliant business. And, I mean, hours, you have to wait hours and hours for, and people wait because they want to eat at this place. They I love, love it. it. It's great. It's, it's awesome. And he pays everybody a fortune. But you I mean, hours and hours though. You oh know, yeah, three hours on on Sunday. Oh, on Sunday, yeah. Well, well, yeah, not on a weekday. Yeah, but but, but you don't wait that long though, do you? I don't wait any. Mm. He goes know. right in. He's got yeah. the case and table. Well, Talks to everybody. Yeah, it's smooth. I saw it all. I mean, yeah. So you know, he's big just, computer on the table, man. Got to know like, what you're doing. Okay, got to have connections. Yeah, he'll support your show eventually, right? Uh, he actually doesn't support anything because okay. he he does not advertise. He's never advertised. Anywhere, yeah, he just wants to keep and, everything, and the he doesn't eating. advertise, and the people just pour in. Mm, yeah, I'm hungry. Yeah, yeah, sounds great, man. It's yeah, but other people want to okay. support all of this. I mean, they want audience. Yeah, they want people to come. I really like the orange on orange, the tie on the on the orange yeah. shirt. You Rose also shirt. have to know that I am colorblind. Are you? Yeah, but you look good. Yeah, my wife 
dresses me. She doesn't like actually this orange stuff I do. No, you but, look good in it. Okay, it's, it's kind of your color. That's all right. It's good. It's your color. It is. What color is it? <laughs> I can't don't know. Tell you. Hmm. Hmm. Normally, just do what she says. Your That's... lipstick matches your eyes. That too. <laughs> do you call, close the cover before striking, my friend? Yeah. Are you bleeding or crying? Yeah, that's right. All right. I can't tell. Okay. Have a good rest of your day, everybody. Love you.